Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, K-I-V-A, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500. Already hanging out here on this uh, free, we'll just call it, you want to call it a Freedom Friday, Free Loader Friday, Free, I don't know, Freedom Fries Friday? Well, I don't even know where the Freedom Fries came from. I think it's something in France, ho, ho, ho. By the way, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Podcasting on Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Don't forget to download our apps for rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Thanks to the Backstreet Grill for laying it down today. Great job, Chris. Great job, all of our freedom-loving people out there. Good job to Susanna Vasquez. Pet food. Pet food gone crazy. That's right. Wild defying <laughs> the uh, governor of the state of New Mexico, along with all the other wonderful uh, businesses uh, that are out there. They're going to fight for their right, uh, well, not to party, but to stay in business. And good on you. Uh, we had a Carla Sontag showed up to the New Mexico Business Coalition. I thought that was you know, quite surprising, uh, and I thought that was very good, a unified uh, type deal out there. And then we had, uh, let's see, who else was uh, out there? We had Esla um, Mahard. She is a gubernatorial candidate. Right. I certainly look forward to her coming into the Kiva, so I uh, went ahead and introduced her. And uh, put her out there. I mean, the people, if you cared about freedom, folks, you were out there today. Thanks to Natalie and Rebecca and Jaybird and all the wonderful people out there. It's just, it was a good day. It was a good Friday. We're mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore. And we're going to keep doing what we are doing. And I uh, got a little plug there for Mayor. Hey, Mayor. Hey, Mayor. Um, great article that came in. I guess I'm going to start here. We should start with the good news because... You know, there's just people just fighting. You know, people are fighting for tyranny by the Democrats. Oh, thank you, Michelle Lujan Grisham. You're doing such a great job of keeping us safe. And then there's the uh, people who are fighting for liberty. That's the two camps you have now, right? One camp fighting for tyranny, lockdowns, more money from the government. Uh, certainly that is the case of the other two mayoral candidates uh, that's out there. I believe the uh, the website is called, very interestingly, it's called the Conservative new mexican and it says uh this one is it says uh albuquerque voters have two choices for mayor eddie aragon or more of the same we'll get into that and then i mean i, I don't know how many people they have over here at the staff that's uh, turning out this stuff but these guys um are doing one heck of a job so the conservative new mexican they're calling it the right alternative conservative new mexican uh, dot com. Uh, great writers over there. I really want to connect with uh, those guys, but we've been getting lots of publicity, including, uh, doubt if you don't mind pulling it up, uh, the publicity that went out there today. So it's kind of interesting that it's patchy. Right? Is that what you say? Patchy when you're getting certain types of, of news organizations that, that's covering what's happening. Now, in the midst of our four police officers who have uh, been shot, uh, two uh, with shrapnel and uh, the other one uh, hit and then the other one hit critically as of right now, still continues to be stable, uh, but yet in critical condition. Uh, please, all your prayers. Summon all your prayers uh, on that. Think of every single police officer out there. If you see a police officer, help them. Sirens out everywhere. Things 
are not going that well here in the city of Albuquerque right now. There is a crime crisis. There is a COVID crisis. There is crisis all around us. There's an economic crisis. Uh, you just can't see it yet because it's all been alleviated by the cheap money that is uh, flowing through our economy. Not to mention the government money that's coming from Washington, D.C. So let's focus here for a second. Let's just talk about those freedom fighters in the midst of all this who I believe have their eye on the ball, who know what uh, to do is right. Leave people to their own devices. Let them do what they do. You know, uh, what is, I think, Henry David Thoreau or Emerson that said you can never pay a man enough money uh, for him to pay attention, I believe, to himself, something mm-hmm. along those lines, right, who doesn't have to pay attention. You know, you leave people in their own sandbox. They get to do what they want to do. They, they don't want to pay attention to the news. They don't want to hear about bad things happening around them. They don't want to hear about the people down the street. They just want to focus and do what they do because, you know, little worker bees, little ants, little people out there that are just churning and churning, little economic here and there. And I got to say that that's really the engine of this country. Capitalism, chasing profits, building relationships, getting people through the speed of trust, right? The transaction, the transaction, selling things. Hey, you buy from me. Hey, where do I get your, where do you get your apples, son? You know, if uh, you were in Connecticut, you would buy them from the Muska Farms, right? <laughs> Applebrook Farm, yes. Apple, sorry. You know, <laughs> I don't know. The Applebrook Farms, because we've been buying apples there for generations. We've been buying apples there for the last five years. You know, that's trust. Right. And what we have right now in the breakdown society, don't trust anybody but the government. Trust the government. The government says shut down, masking, vaccine. If you don't do it, you're part of the problem. Like those freedom fighters that were out there today. They said, we're not going to take it. We're angry. We're going to do not do this just for us. We're doing it for everybody. We're doing it for New Mexico. We're standing up with a firm background. Uh, Same thing happened in, in Santa Fe today. Got several pictures of the people who were out there protesting, letting them know that we aren't going to take it from the fourth floor in the state of New Mexico. The Emergency Use Authorization Act has become the gateway to create socialism slash communism here in the state of New Mexico. To let you know that, well, if you don't do what we say, we are going to punish you. We've already covered the fact that what? You can't collect unemployment if you decide to go ahead and defy the governor's orders. If you defy the governor's orders, not get vaxxed. Well, you're just SOL. You decided not to comply. Yet you've been complying for 17, 18 months at this point. Our healthcare workers. I believe that we, uh, at some point, that was Michelle Lujan Grisham, right? Uh, D. Dowd Muska. Uh, she was talking in, about our frontline workers. Oh, yes. Our frontline workers, the, the guys that haven't had a day off. And she got about 68%, the 70% uh, of the health care workers out there to take the vaccination. I trust the 30%. Uh, let's just go there, right there. 30% are risking their lives. I talked to one woman today. She came up after we uh, we were talking and, uh, you know, sort of addressing the huge crowd, 300 plus. Thank you. Good job for showing up. I love your signs. Love, love, love your signs. You took the time. You know, the only person wearing the mask inside the entire crowd, guess who? The cameraman. Of course. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious, man. All these guys are all. No, I think I shook, uh, I don't know, probably 100, 150, maybe 200 people's hands. Wow. Do you think I was worried one time about someone getting, giving me the corona? I'm healthy. I'm happy. Right. I don't think about any of that kind of stuff. But what was really interesting is that, you know, we're having this all come out. Nobody else was thinking about that either. Backstreet Grill was in full effect and people were there and they were open. And, you know, the next step, folks, they're going to start giving you rates. 
50% shut down. You can be 50% open. Then we're going to go 25%. Then we're going to be completely shut down until we get to X amount, right? Let me, let me give you some quick tips very quickly. Encourage as many people as you can to not test. There's no reason to test. If you're asymptomatic, there's no reason to test. I literally just shook 150, 200 people's hands. I'm not worried. One person walked up to me today over at the Republic. I gave a speech this morning at the Republic. I, I was not invited, by the way, Dallas, but I, I asked for my Crash time. Crash the party anyway. again. There we are. Just uh, have to walk in and address everybody. Uh, and my old friend Bob from back in the day. Good to hear you, Bob. Uh, glad to uh, see you as well. And glad to see that you and yours are very happy. Came up to talk to me. After 17 months, a mutual friend of ours had supposedly contracted COVID. Now, he walked in, he took a test, asymptomatic, felt a little something, I don't know, he felt may have been coming on. Folks, this guy is on his deathbed now after he has been vented. When he walked into the hospital, his oxygen levels were normal. As of yesterday, his oxygen levels went down as low as 70%. What do you think they're doing here? Not to be too nefarious, but I'd love to tr trust our healthcare providers until I listened to the uh, ER staff head yesterday as he's commenting and he's talking about first the COVID crisis and then, well, now we got a healthcare crisis. I mean, excuse me, a gun control crisis. The guns are out there. In fact, it was such a notable thing that even the Albuquerque Journal wrote about it. Makes no sense. There's an article in the Albuquerque Journal. You can check it out. Ooh, I'm reading that. the article this morning. I'm saying, oh, okay. Yeah, the problem is the, is the guns, right? The problem is the guns. Not the guy who came from California and the other guy that we can't identify have yet to find yet. And that is it. There was two uh, perps uh, on this. Did you know we haven't found the second one yet? And the feds are uh, on the case. Lots happened over the last week. Over the last 171 hours. We count the loss of a 13-year-old on the playground of Washington Middle School uh, a little over 168 hours from now. If you look at the uh, the last 200 hours, it would also include the death of a boxer. Who was talking about that narrative first in terms of that? We were here about the culmination of all these things happening at one time. I think God is speaking to us loud and clear. If you want to refer to it as karma's coming, I want you to hear it loud and clear. Katrina's texting me right now. She met me for the very first time. Came in, shake my hand. Hey, I'm Katrina. I'm the one that, that shakes your hand. I'm the one that uh, texts you all the time. Pleased to meet you. And if you think I didn't remember your name when I asked you what your name was, come and try me again. There's a pretty good chance I'm going to remember your name, and no one is telling me what your name is next time you come to me. I say, hey, you look familiar. Chris. Chris calls in all the time. Furniture consignment. Big. You know, he's wearing an orange shirt. Good-looking guy. You know, he walks in. He said, hey, I'm Chris. I'm like, hey, you are Chris. You are Chris. You know what? You want to know what I said when I saw his face? Immediately when I looked at him, I said, "You look familiar to me." <laughs> I'm Chris. Good, folks. We are a small town. We are all connected. We know what's best for us. We've persevered for nearly 328 years. Yeah, 1693. I met a couple of the Vargas's today. They came up, shake my, shook my hand. Him and his wife. He had some. He had a. He had a cool. Uh, MLG, my governor is an idiot, black and white shirts. It looks like he did his own screen printing on that. It was super cool. Super cool the Devarguses were out there. They were very happy to meet me. I was even more happy to meet them. They came out, he had his neck tattoos and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's 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 what we need. Huh? We want to talk about crossover vote, all that kind of stuff. You guys are stereotyped. I told the Republican Party this morning, it's like they marked down Patrick Stice. 
uh, Frank Ruvalo marked down Patrick Stice as a, as a, as a Democrat doubt. I said, Hey guys, I just want you to know not every single Hispanic is a Democrat. Wow. It's just unbelievable. And oh, what do you think? The crowd absolutely laughed. <laughs> Folks, from all of this, is something you should realize. There's a movement afoot, and you're part of it. If you listen to our radio station, if you follow me, if you follow Dowd, if you follow the Freedom Fighters that are out there, we're going to be the ones to lead the way. And I hope you join us. Okay. For those that went out there today, these guys jumped on board. They got t shirts, they got swag. Next Monday, we're going to have all of our other stuff that's out there. We've been doing a lot of stuff. We're going to do a wrap. Dowd's got the conservative uh, New Mexican uh, article. We're going to get through that very quickly, uh, even though Dowd wasn't there because he was enjoying the, the friendly confines of family after how many, months? how many uh, months? I have not been in the vicinity of a blood relative in almost a year and a half. I'm sorry, Dowd. How do you feel? How, how I feel good. I mean, it? it's better, you know, you, at the end of the day, and I know, you know, family members can betray you. It happens. But, you know... At the end of the day, who can you count on more than family members? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, my sister is a lot older than than I am. Not a lot, but I mean, we, she was a boy. I was, you know, she was. I was. A, I was a boy. She was a girl. She's five and a half years older than I am, and um, we weren't that close growing up. Not by design, but just she was a girl. I was a boy. She was the oldest child. I was the youngest child. But as adults, we've gotten a lot closer. She met. She met and married a really interesting guy. Actually, I don't know if you'd say he's interesting. He's <laughs> he's very simple. He's he's. He's a very simple, but a very uh, hardworking, intelligent, and you are uh, paying good for guy. dinner tonight, by the way. After I am. that that, uh, oh, that yeah. launch. I'm, I'm, just no, he knows I'm just kidding. But <laughs> she married a guy from Scotland, so they they're over for a couple days, and we're gonna have a weekend, and then they're taking off for Vegas, trying to convince me at the Vegas, last minute baby. to go Vegas. with them to Vegas Sunday night. Uh, yeah. And I, they're now that they're back traveling again, they're gonna be back to their usual two times a year to come see me. So I'll I'll be back with them in Vegas soon enough. But it's just it's good, Eddie. I mean, I, I sometimes I'm jealous when you talk about your boys and your parents and all that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, I, I had that for a lot of years when I lived in Connecticut, but it's, it's good. The other side of it's good too, to kind of have your own anonymity and have your own privacy, but it's also good to have people, you know, and trust, and you have the same chromosomes as, uh, uh, going out to eat with yeah, and traveling that, around yeah. with. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, you said I had, uh, I sounded happier today when you, you walked did. in. So, Immediately. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I could feel the love, yeah. you know, as uh, sometimes I wonder where you doubt Musk's love is and, you know, normally you can hear him pounding down the hallway and <laughs> you can hear all this nervous energy that sort of comes in and then he's singing and zizzing and zazzing <laughs> to himself. And, you know, he's like, uh, you know, talking real fast and everything. And today he was relaxed, tranquilidad right here in the Kiva, hanging out. We could uh, had you a nice cool course, huh? Me and <laughs> you and a couple of we've been enjoying uh, We've been enjoying the local cuisine, but I will say this. Yeah. Uh, I won't I won't say where we were today where the People I know, and I usually go on Fridays, uh, did not enforce the uh, mask mandate because if I said who they were and where they are, they're going to get attacked. No, they're not because uh, no one's going to open. Uh, everyone's going to stay open. No one's going to mask up. We're not going to put up with this crap anymore. But I will say this. I'm starting to compose my list of uh, places I'm boycotting. I uh, went to bet, get some gasoline today mm. and uh, uh, the convenience store, the Chevron, at Second and Alameda, ladies and gentlemen, I suggest boycotting I know it, that. I know it. I, I know walked it. in, was uh, the door wasn't closed behind me. I probably had a step and a half before two people in unison behind the thick glass <laughs> with their masks yelled at the top of their lungs, sir, 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 you have to have a mask on. And so I just looked over at them and I said, I don't, I don't have one. And they said, we can sell you one for a dollar. I said, goodbye. So second and Alameda Chevron, that's your number one on my list. And there's more to come, I'm sure. 
Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, you're going to Vegas? We got a lot to talk about about the old Nevada here uh, as well. So, you know, that great movie. I feel like watching that right now. Remember that? Ben? We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Dick Dapper, we're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas. Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Honey, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah. Honey, honey. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Yeah. Wow, you guys are going to have some good times. We're going to do all this uh, when we get back uh, here into the Kiva, and we're going to talk about Nevada, and uh, New Mexico's not last. Uh, We'll do that uh, when we return. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in on AM 1600 KIVA. ABQ.FM and rockoftalk.com. You're going to have a good time tonight. I don't know. What are you going to go do tonight? What are you going to do this weekend? Have you got some recommendations we for do. Dowd? We do. He wants to hear from you. Going, you, going out into the country. You want the it, country. If, if you have a hole in the wall that you want to recommend to Dowd, yep. do it now. 422, back and four. Whispering in the trees, it's two cities and they're only pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy? Yes, I am. Fat Jack came to play, now you can't run fast enough. You best stay away when the pushers come to shove. The Rock of Talk TV is now available on your computer or for Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. To download your version, just visit rockoftalk.tv and go to the app section to get the download link for Rock of Talk TV. Music is the great communicator on makeusgodlyagain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. Makeusgodlyagain.com. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy the safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. 
This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we all also have over a hundred lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683, 883 3683. Pet Food Gone Wild, located in Rio Rancho, pampering your pets with a full service dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time, cats too. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, ready to solve pets' anxiety from summer thunderstorms. Come into Pet Food Gone Wild for calming treats, 10% off, pets.theplaceilike.com. Get your mobile coupon and tap to call Pet Food Gone Wild at pets.theplaceilike.com. All right, let's put things together, starting with the weather. Partly cloudy skies will be ours the rest of the day. 85 degrees in Rio Rancho, same story at the Rock of Talk. And right now, pretty big accident on I-40, I- rather, eastbound, eastbound I-40, right before Carlisle. A couple of lanes are blocked, and unfortunately, it's making a mess of that transition from the 25 south to east uh, I-40. That's pretty much sold out. You may want to just continue to use Lomas to do the north-south thing there and the east-west uh, drive as well. As far as back up on the I-40 itself, it's going to be stuck all the way back to 12th Street. As far as the drive coming uh, north on 25, they cleared the accident north 25 at Avenida Cerrosar Chavez, so that's the good news there. Hey, listen, some good news at Monte Cigar Shop. You like the Macanudos? How about the Cohiba or the Oyo de Monterrey? That is a great yeah. cigar, so come on by. And you've got to you got to see the Chumador. Yeah. All right. Well, we're on San Mateo, just north of the Comanche Monte Cigar Shop. And with that, we're up to date. Let's dive back in to the Rock Talk. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes on fire. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living 
Who the devil may care And I am just a devil with no despair Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more I wouldn't sleep a minute of away Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel A fortune won and lost on every deal All you need is a heart and a little steel Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one-armed band is crashing all those holes down the drain. Las Vegas turning day in the night. Elvis is the coolest. Look, look at that. He's like doing this. Like, it, it, that's not even a dance, but it's cooler than anything you've ever done. There he is. Having a little Anne Margaret action. Oh, boy. Whew. Oh, that was hot. I may be going to Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, baby! <laughs> Vegas! Good old D-Dot Musk. They were pressing me at lunch today. They oh, were saying, come gonna, with us, come with us. Get you. you can just, you know, do show notes, whatever you want to do for a little while while they take their little, they take their siesta. I tell you, there's a car available on the day I'd be returning if I want to drive back, yeah. I don't think you need to drive. I'd rather drive than fly. We're I do not like flying. Really? Oh, I hate flying. I'm yeah. going to just, uh, just uh, we'll fly you on an uh, aeroplane. Bring you in. I'm not vaxxed. I don't know if they'd let me on an airplane. No, they'd let you on. That's the way it works. <laughs> okay, very quickly, uh, folks. Uh, Eddie, I kind of blew when I got to meet you earlier today, but I was excited by the surrounding energy and getting my mini pamphlets out to the crowd. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, okay, because this is really awesome. So uh, this is a woman uh, by the name of Vanessa, and she handed me something that was really cool. So I'm going to put it up for our Rock of Talk TV listeners. These are the types of things that are going to push back. And if you think these things don't work, uh, my mayoral pamphlets will be exactly like this. We're going to put it out because we were talking about placards. Uh, Brian, listen up, my best friend, Brian. Uh, he literally is my best friend. I love Dowd, but uh, da Brian's the guy I literally tell, you know, I just basically say, you know, go pound sand and he's back tomorrow. Uh, literally used a <laughs> Brian logo that he sent me a couple of weeks ago oh, for rockoftalk.chat today. Yeah. Used it, yeah. yeah, yeah used it. I just love him. I mean, yeah. just I think he's great. Uh, so we fight all the time. But um, this is a beautiful thing that Vanessa put together uh, in her team, I'm supposing, because not one person I don't think can just do this. And it says an urgent message on front, okay? This is the types of things that uh, you guys are going to do that are going to save New Mexico. Then right here it says, seek the truth or hide your head in the sand. Both require digging. There you go. See right there. Um, and it's got a man with his head in his sand, uh, uh, soul searchers. Let me read this. And then you can pick this up. Uh, this uh, Vanessa's email is the free spirited butterfly at protonmail.com. The free spirited butterfly at protonmail.com. If you want to go ahead and order them or, Give her a big donation and help her print a bunch of these and get these out. Let me read these out so you can get these messages out. You know, when they changed South America, I did a lot of I'm, huge history in Latin America. You know what they used to do? They drop pamphlets out of airplanes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's how they change people's minds, folks. And this actually works here in the state of New Mexico as well. I love the USA. And while it's not perfect, there's no better place to live. But a republic is in deep trouble. Last few years have shown us clearer than ever that we can't rely on politicians and mainstream news to tell us the truth. People are being left in the dark when it comes to getting critical information, only to get pieces of the story at best, sometimes outright lies. The worst thing we can do is take their word now more than ever. It's imperative that we all stay informed, ask questions, research information, and start holding our leaders accountable. 
with all out, let's see, well, all of, with all of the out of control social media censorship. Thank you. I felt compelled to get back to the basics and focus on providing information to the masses via print media. I hope you find these resources thought provoking and helpful. Now, the great thing about this is, as you guys can see my wallet right there, it is the same size as a wallet card. Okay. It's the same size. Those big placards, they don't work, okay? But if you put little wallets and something that people can stick in, and then you give them URLs where they can go, or better yet, you give them those, uh, I think every phone now has the ability to go ahead and uh, do the smart scans. So you do that little, I guess, gobbledygook or whatever. Someone called it goobly something or other. <laughs> they said gobbledygook. That's always very Google cute. gob? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, she puts in the NKJV, uh, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, John 8, 32. Truth never damages a cause that is just Mahatma Gandhi. I, I like all the the collusion of uh, multi, you know, not just one angle. Just very diverse. To, exactly. Uh, with someone, when someone shares something of value with you, you benefit from it. You have a moral obligation to share it with others. I I love that. That's a Chinese proverb. Let's say that more slowly together. When someone shares something of value with you, and you benefit from it. You have a moral obligation to share it with others. I love that. Oh my gosh, I, love, I think that's absolutely true. You're getting my dad. My dad's amazing. If my dad, um, he's the most, he's the nicest guy there is. Okay, he's not the nicest guy to me always, but he's the nicest guy in the world. There's nobody, in my opinion, I've never met a nicer man, and nobody would ever tell you that he's a nice guy. But I will tell you, like, if he has something. He will literally share it with every single person he can because he's so excited that he found joy in whatever. It doesn't matter if it's a cigar, something that he's uh, eating, tasting, drinking, whatever. He will share it with everybody. And then if you like it so much, he'll go and buy it for you. That's Elvis. Whenever anybody liked something that Elvis had or it's like, I like that watch, Elvis, he would just take it off and give it to people. Really? That that that, that kind of generous heart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My, my, that's my dad. My dad has the heart of my dad. I'm the son of Elvis. <laughs> uh, here's from and Dave. your dad knows Flavor Flav. He does. <laughs> Although Flavor Flav did not appreciate him on the blackjack uh, table in uh, Vegas. My dad asked him what, I guess we know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> One person can make a difference and everyone should try. John F. Kennedy. There we go. Bingo. There it is. One person. Making a person with his pam uh, pamphlet. Uh, if we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. That, of course, is our favorite Ronald Reagan. We need a Donald Trump quote here, but then, of course, everybody would be tearing it up because that's Donald Trump. The burst into flames instantly. <laughs> COVID-19 health resources, Mercola.org, TheHealthyAmerican.org, AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org. Big one. How about how, how awesome were they? Local New Mexico resources, NMFA.us, NMFOG.org. OpinionPost.com, NMStandUp.org, ErrorsOfEnchantment.com. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, they're definitely not behind me, just so you know. Eddie Aragon, RockOfTalk.chat. Wow. I don't know about that. And RockOfTalk.tv, Liberty Ladies. You know, our Liberty Ladies, they're great. Are they great or what? Rebecca and uh, Natalie and uh, Jay Bird. Jay Bird. Jay Bird, he's great. And then uh, other resources, News.TheEpochTimes. Newsmax.com, dailyclout.io. I got to go check that out. I haven't seen that, Vanessa. Frank Speech, Mike Lindell. My gosh, what is that man is on a one man crusade. He's done a tremendous job. Love, love Mike Lindell. I'm a, I will only sleep on my pillows going forward wherever I possibly can. 5,000 year leap, W. Cleon. Skousen. Okay, what is that? 
that is the uh, maybe either Skousen or Skousen family. They are they run uh, Freedom Fest every year in Las Vegas in the summer. A okay. bunch of libertarians. I think they're originally from Utah. Big big family and yeah uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Online.hillsdale.edu free courses on the U.S. Constitution. That of course in Michigan, great state of Michigan. Uh, AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. AM 1400 KRSN. 107.1 in Santa Fe. And then on the back it has Ben Franklin. Just want to put all this stuff out there. This is so effective. I'm sharing with you on the radio what was shared with me. And uh, according to the Chinese proverb, when someone shares something of value with you and you benefit from it, you have a moral obligation to share it with others. I'm doing so. Those who would give up essential liberty and purchase, purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Mm-hmm. That, of course, from Ben Franklin. Mother Teresa. Man, this is just a whole collection of This just feels good. This is going nowhere. I want a, a thousand of these. You can do what I cannot do. I can, I can do what you cannot do. Together we do great things. And then, of course, you can go to the Free Spirited Butterfly. Know your rights. Uh, the Free Spirited Butterfly at ProtonMail.com. So thank you. Thanks for uh, your work. It's been recognized and shared. And let's share it some more, uh, shall we? Thanks to all of our freedom fighters out there at the Backstreet Grill. Thanks to Chris. Chris had to handle a few guys. We had a, a few uh, uh, people who were stirring some things up. Oh, really? There. Yeah, oh. yeah, they were. Uh, Chris, by the way, uh, makes the best burger in town as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you're looking for a burger, looking to hang out, and uh, him and his, uh, I think, wife, uh, she sort of runs the front end of everything. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Uh, Eddie, my mother-in-law had a police officer customer today, and she said the criminals in the shooting yesterday were illegals. And even though the news said both were captured, there's a third that got away. Officer said our citizens aren't the ones committing all these murders, but the media won't report the truth. There you go. Uh, I'm sure you know this already. I didn't, so I'm reading your text, but just sharing the info I'm given, as I am as well. Thank you, Matt. Patrick says, uh, Sam's just informed me about wearing masks. Is it recommended, mandated? Do I actually have to? Uh, you have to walk out of there. Yep. Find another place to shop. I did it today. You got to do it. Um, oh, so here's Vanessa. She's texted in. Um, let's see. She says, anyway, I don't know if you actually be able to watch, but I thought you might get a kick out of the mask-defying video. Um, so we're gonna get, we got a mask-defying video. We can certainly share. I can share that with you. Uh, there's, uh, they're happy to make more of these pamphlets for us. Uh, who wants to share this with others? Yes, Vanessa, by all means. Uh, we need to get some of these pamphlets out. And, uh, she did it all on her own. One person. There it is. A drop of water in the big lake and affecting all others. Uh, let's see. Kevin is, uh, let's see. Kevin says, doubt is so money. He doesn't even know he's money. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Check out the Libertine at Mandalay Bay. Ask for the owner, Maxer, uh, master mixologist, Tony Abu at Ganim. Libertine, all right. Yeah, Libertine. Mandalay. So, yeah, Mandalay Bay. I, I've spent many a night there, especially at the the Moscow bar. You walk in, you get fur coat. I might be go going drink. off and having some fun. I don't do fun. You what, go what, what? drink standard vodka. <laughs> standard vodka. Huh? Celebrate Red Square. Um, I don't know that Russia and celebrators everywhere. By mini giraffe. Corrine <laughs> <laughs> Rios is a big part of today's rally. Thank you, Corrine at Backstreet Grill. Yes, what's up, Corrine? Corrine, uh, she had a great uh, speech. We got to get that on its entirety so we can go ahead and put that out. Uh, hopefully, we can do that for you, Corrine. Uh, police now involved in a shooting in Southeast Albuquerque, just coming out right now. Um, yes, that is Albuquerque police are responding to. A shooting near Broadway and Anderson will get the end of the week and then the wrap uh, directly for him. Louis Sanchez uh, texting in 
Uh, yet, no, not the the Louis Sanchez Democrat. You know what the you know what the Republican Party was doing this morning in the BCGOP and had to straighten them out. And so here's what happens: It's like, okay, come on, Republicans, we're gonna all move together into a new direction. And this is what happens. And I'm like, oh man, I love all you guys. You guys all want to be Republicans. I love you and all this. But they're like, oh, uh, some guy got up and says, well, he's a conservative, he's Democrat, and his name is Louis Sanchez. I'm like, I only know one Louis Sanchez that we're gonna promote. Um, and we'll promote all gubernatorial candidates. Is Louis Sanchez a gubernatorial candidate? <laughs> Who's uh. a re- registered Republican? We're at Republican meetings. My gosh. Uh, Louis says um, the general reporter thought he was a Democrat because he's a Sanchez. There it is. Um, let's see. I'm trying to determine whether or not that's racist. I hate saying anything's racist, so I'm going to say no. Just conditioning is what it is uh this uh story coming out latino voters prized in 2022 midterms as population grows finding what community wants in election is key as candidates are now learning this from stephanie akin out of Carrollton, texas uh talking about as a democrat running in a majority suburban texas house district the democrat saw as a pickup opportunity last year venezuela knew she knew what voters wanted to hear and then it gets into all this stuff as to why people are all about going after the Latino voters. More stuff uh, coming in. This one from Susanna. Thank you, Eddie, for being there. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, very easy to do. Oh, set New Mexico free. This is uh, why I love my... Si- oh, they got uh, Jaybird's uh, van out there. Uh, thank you, Dowd. I was pulling into Chevron, but immediately left instead of filling my car with a tank of gas. Also, I've been to three businesses. No mask. Keep it up, folks. Keep going. We got to keep it going. Uh, we had a huge crowd in Santa Fe today supporting the healthcare professionals and teachers. I've spoken to a handful of them today alone. We got over a thousand people on the petition. Uh, if you want to see us on Telegram, you can go to wow. fight. Excuse me, fight for five oh five dot com. That's fight for five oh five dot com. You can join us on Telegram on that uh, chat. You can go to fight for five oh five dot com. Uh, the actual site itself. You can watch the debate in its entirety. You can register to become a volunteer as part of my va- uh, campaign. This uh, I'm forty three minutes in, and I'm barely promoting myself. Wow. I'm surprised uh, since I'm so excited about everything that's happening. Healthcare workers want their body autonomy rights back. Uh, corrections, no vaccine mandate. Let's see. What else do we have? They, all these people made, there's there's a good 200 people in Santa Fe from what I can tell. Nice. They all gathered. Uh, yeah, 150, 200 people that were there. Congratulations. Good job. Thanks for standing up. Uh, Eddie, we really appreciated the shout. Yeah, we just, uh, okay, good. Yep, people are tired. They're sick. Uh, let's talk about the story very quickly right after we check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande, the story from the conservative New Mexican. All right, as we put things together, we start with the weather. You're going to stay partly cloudy Sunday is when it's really going to bring us some rain. Right now, 85 degrees at the Rock of Talk. And an accident, I... 40 eastbound right before Carlisle has taken up a couple of lanes in a lot of time. We're bumper to bumper back to 12th Street and truly affecting that transition from I-25 south to the eastbound side of I-40. Now, just getting to that point on the I-25 is a mess. I-25 southbound at Comanche, an accident they're trying to get over to the right shoulders, trying our patients all the way back to Osuna. And on surface streets, 4th and uh, Manol, looks like an accident there. And getting across the River Bridge right now on uh, Rio Bravo Boulevard into the South Valley is going to be a uh, tough one as well. From, uh, well, just like Broadway, you're going to hit the brakes till you get over the river. 
All right, we're at Monty Cigar Shop, home of the Gurkha Cigar Club. you got to come. They're having a bunch of fun there. And you can have a bunch of fun just looking. I mean, truly got to see this humidor. Largest one in the Southwest. Tons of cigars, 2,000 types, and that means lots of great prices. Monty Cigar Shop, San Mateo, just north of Comanche. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. Happy birthday, Robert Plant, right? Mm-hmm. What is he, 70, 73? Mm-hmm. 73 years young. I bet, I bet you he still hasn't put on a shirt, right? Yeah, yeah, he likes that uh, sexy open shirt. Look. <laughs> All right, uh, you got the report from the conservative uh, New Mexican uh, coming in. What, uh, what did the, uh, the, the good staff over at the conservative New Mexican write up on today's? Well, it's, uh, I, I'd say a ringing endorsement for a certain mayoral candidate. Uh, Albuquerque voters have two choices for mayor, Eddie Aragon or more of the same. Uh, this is written by Nick Wilbur. I don't, do you know a Nick Wilbur? I, I don't, it's a new name to me, Eddie, but, uh, I, I hope to meet him next week. He's uh-huh. called me for an interview and I'm excited about the opportunity to do an interview. He also offered it to the other candidates. Uh, he certainly knows how to write a lead. Uh, while there are three candidates running, there are only two options. <laughs> Bernalillo County Sheriff Manny Gonzalez is a good man. He's respectful, caring, and competent in his current role. He served his country as a U.S. Marine and his community as a sheriff. His people-first approach to running the sheriff's department has made him popular and deserving of the national accolades he has received, but it was clear listening to his responses to the half-dozen questions about what he would do. We're referring to the debate the other night, I believe the first debate of the uh, election season here, even though it's hardly Labor Day, uh, would do to reverse the downward trajectory of Albuquerque, that he's not cut out for big city politics. The night belonged to talk radio host Eddie Aragon. Very nice. All right. So. I, this is, that sounds like I wrote this. Um, incumbent Mayor Tim Keller was low energy, dismissive of the city's problems, and responded to virtually every question, whether it be about crime, homelessness, or city lawsuits, by decrying how hard it is to be a mayor. I said the exact same thing. I like that old parody of George Bush. You know, this is a hard job. I don't know. I don't know why my opponent wants this job. Uh, Aragon, well, uh, by contrast, was passionate, honest, and angry, which is exactly how Albuquerque residents feel about uh, their city. Eddie, a uh, quite an endorsement from the conservative New Mexican dot com. Pretty impressive. I'll have this in the show notes tonight. People can right. read it for themselves. Right. You can uh, read it for yourself. Read all the news that's fit to print at uh, rockoftalk.chat, 15 cents a day. Uh, putting that information out there, D. Dowd Muska, the smartest guy in the market. Uh, I got to tell you, when you uh, talk and you meet these poor people, oh, by the way, uh, there's a four car pileup uh, happening right now on 4th of Manal. Fourth car, four car pileup, Rudy. Rudy, you got that four car pileup, 4th of Manal. And then uh, let's see, 
There is also a fire in Central and San Mateo causing backup going westbound. So that is a, uh, a fire in Central and San Mateo causing a backup uh, going west westbound. So there you go. Uh, folks, very quickly, let me just do a quick plug before we get to all that stuff. Sarah Smith uh, put out a, uh email a little bit earlier today uh, talking about there is the governor mandated this week that healthcare workers must receive the shot by August the 27 or face termination. Uh, they are having uh, the meeting for healthcare workers tonight, August 20th. Uh, so if you are a healthcare worker and you're looking to fight for your rights, uh, there's an organizing meeting for the healthcare workers. Meeting will be in person in Albuquerque as well as on Zoom. Please forward this email. Genuinely interested. Do not post meeting location or details. And so all that kind of stuff went out there. So we'll figure out a way to get that out. Yep. Um, so wherever we possibly can. I haven't forwarded this out, but we'll see how we can do it. If you're on our Telegram, uh, probably that's going to be the best way. So just join Fight for 505. Uh, there's a couple of other Patriot groups on Telegram as well. Let's see if we can put it in there so we can go ahead and get the uh, information out. Uh, and I think if we can, well, we're not going to put it on, you know, th- that's about as much as we can do without exposing people to too, too much. And, and, you know, people shouldn't have to fight this hard no. for them not to have to do anything. It's just Same. ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, wrap the hour back in about uh, four minutes to do so. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600 KIVA. ABQ.FM and rockoftalk.com. 73 years old. Robert Plant. Still rocking it. Uh, oh, what, what's the last thing that he's done? Is it the Honey Drippers? About 20, 25 years he's ago? He singing with Jillian Welch, I think. Uh, really? Bluegrass a few years ago. <laughs> right, we'll jam out to him, bring it back and forth. President and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, 
You will receive quick response times and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy. And if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS 188-348. Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature Solatone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout. And this is Deb Slight from Tan Rio West Life. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions. You can reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at Tan Rio, 994-2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting now, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. 2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard. All right, let's put things together. And let's start with the weather where it's going to be mostly uh, 
cloudy today. Uh, a lot of rain coming uh, Sunday, they tell us, in the afternoon, so get ready for that. 89 degrees right now in Rio Rancho, 86 at the Rock of Talk. And how that accident uh, we reported last time, it's still uh, in play at 4th and Manal, so you're going to want to make sure and budget a little extra time there. Still dealing the accident. A couple of lanes are blocked I-40 eastbound right before Carlisle. That sets us on our feet all the way back to 12th Street. And right now, they've just uh, started to clear the accident I-25 southbound at Comanche. in the paperwork stages with the uh, police on the right shoulder. But we're in the wrong four lanes if you're all the way back now from before Osuna. And getting across into the South Valley on Bridge. Uh, bridge westbound right past the river. An accident there is going to cost you time heading into the South Valley. All right, we're at Monte Cigar Shop. Come on down. Um, San Mateo, just north of Manal. A lot of fun going on in the Gurkha Club. You can hear it right now. And, of course, that humidor, you can, uh, I mean, 2,000 types of cigars. That means lots of prices. You're going to get what you want. Monte Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. Gotta have more cowbell. Maybe that's all we need. Uh, we're gonna go blow right through the top of the hour news. Way too much to cover for the uh, rest of the time and. We're not going to probably have D. Dowd next week. So, <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. We're, we're going to let him blow through a lot of stuff. Uh, he's had a lot of write-ups, including uh, the latest, his destination. I'm going to do the whole show on my own. Are you okay with that? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you see that salt shake over there, boys? That's just huge. <laughs> uh, you don't drink. Uh, I think everybody, no, uh, I don't uh, you don't do drinking. I don't gamble. <laughs> you don't gamble. But there are other things to do. What? Last time I was in Vegas, I went to the uh, Nevada Test Site uh, Museum, which was fascinating. Yeah. Where they blew up all the bombs. You know, just great stuff. A lot of history. Bomb, 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 bomb. Might go back to the Mob Museum. That was interesting, too. Yeah. I've never been to the Mob Museum, but I knew a hell of a lot about uh, the mob. I had lunch, I think I told you, with the mayor of Vegas, yep, Oscar Goodman. Oscar Goodman, yeah. yeah. So that was uh, very cool. And uh, he, of course, uh, Represented Anthony Spoleto. Spilatro. Spilatro. Yes. Played by Joe Pesci in the movie Casino. Yeah. Different change. You made me squeeze your head for him. <laughs> you made me put the He your only head exists out here because of me. <laughs> Boy, he really got into that that role. That was that yeah. was. And now uh, we've got new reports coming in from Nevada. They're bringing up the rear, so to speak. Uh, Sad uh, to see. Yeah. What's uh, what, what's happening? Uh, I will tell you, uh, Dowd and I, both uh, residents, uh, former residents of uh, the great state of Nevada, love loved Vegas, love Vegas, I, I got to say. But on the weekends, I hated Vegas, so I left every weekend. Reverse commute. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I did. I went straight to Santa Monica, laid on the beach, and uh, hung out at the promenade and, uh, you know, just basically screwed off on, you know, Venice, Santa Monica, wherever I could go. I really got to know Los Angeles when I lived in Vegas. I just... It just it was just an easy take, and mm-hmm. you know, had my cruising my Lexus. You know, and you go down those you go down those big hills as you're descending in. You know, coming from uh, the San Bernardino area, Rancho Cucamonga, mm-hmm. all those areas, the Rancho Cucamonga, and then of course you you pass the uh, the great library of our Fricky Dick, 
Oh, yes. Right, yeah. Stop by Calabasas to visit the Kardashians. I did not. <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time in Newport, too. Oh, okay. And then uh, we had... Is that the, Orange County or... Yeah, Newport, into the 55, which cruised on in. And, you know, it's very, um, very cool place, baby. I mean, after 11 o'clock, you want to see some of the most beautiful people, cool bars. I mean, everyone is just... It's amazing. It's, you, I, whatever it is about that California air that comes in and, you know, the bars were supposed to close at two, but they sort of kind of never closed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And everybody was sort of up already in the morning and nobody really drank that much or did that many things. You were just sort of like, it was cool. And then if somebody invited you over to their house and it was always the biggest house you've ever been in multiple <laughs> times. That, yeah. 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 So we open had, floor plan. <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time in, uh, well, you know, Laguna Hills. Oh, yes. Laguna Niguel. Yes. You know, Laguna Niguel, that area, which is right by uh, Newport in that area. It's, it, it really is. It's like a whole other world. Uh, brunching, I think brunching came from that area. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, the full. Wake full up late and then get a meal. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody ever wakes up late in California. Oh. It's kind of a it's weird so thing. so beautiful you just wake up with the sun. <laughs> sort of, yeah. It uh, could turn even me into, into a morning no, no, person. No, no, it is actually a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a girlfriend uh, at uh, when I was in, in college, and my real first acclimation with uh, California, interestingly enough, was uh, Seal Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, I spent a lot of time out in Seal Beach. Spent a summer in Seal Beach. Uh, a lot of aerospace firms out there too, right? Um, you know, I never got into that. I just okay. know that there was the track Los Alamitos and uh, her doting family, which uh, I played a lot of tennis with. Oh, yeah, and very, very Catholic, very, oh. very Catholic family. All teachers, very interesting. But Catholics made it to California. I never knew that. Big Catholic. No. Um, <laughs> here's the funny thing about settled by Spanish, Los Alamitos, Los Al, as they call it, and you know, spent a lot of time at Disney. They all had the family pass. Oh. They all have the family pass, and then when I came in, you know, they just they kind of loved me and everything, and they take me to this, um, this they had claim jumper. I think we had claim jumper for a very oh. short time here, and claim jumper was known for these. So they all went to Disneyland, and like many of their friends were like actors in movies oh, yeah. and things like yeah. that. So you know, you got to know all the. They were fascinated with New Mexico. They were just absolutely fast. People always are. Like I was from a different country. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You guys speak English. Can I see your passport? <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, I believe her dad was the, he was the coach of like the uh, Little League World Series um, uh, back in like 92, 93. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, and her, her brother played for the Montreal, Montreal Expo. So it was kind of like a, like a big thing. Anyway, you just sort of fall in love with California. It's uh like an amazing place, uh, top to bottom. You can't you can't go wrong until the whole entire place went wrong. Obviously, what drove California <laughs> completely and totally crazy is everybody flocking there. Yeah, immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants. Let me let me correct myself. We are not opposed to legal immigration, folks. We love legal immigration. People who do it right, who take the time, they're the hardest workers, very industrious, very entrepreneurial, want to uh, make their way for themselves. Very generous people. These are people who who literally will send all the money that they make here back home to bring the rest of their family because they love this country so much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are the good ones. The other ones are the ones who come in not so legally. Okay. (laughs) Illegally. And then of course you've got the flood of people that come in from South of the border as well. And it creates a lot of problems to the point where, you know, you're driving around in, in LA, you know, Pasadena, the 405, any of these areas, like it is a crunch, ladies and gentlemen. Like these people are dealing with two and a half to three hours of traffic pre COVID. And I don't think that anybody really realizes just how bad and how unlivable a city like Los Angeles uh can really be. Well, and it's also this creepy cycle where a pla- you know, a city or I guess most cities are blue, but a state starts to go blue 
and they adopt the blue state model. They drive up prices. They drive up the price of electricity. They drive up taxes. They drive up property taxes. Uh, they hike their income taxes to crazy levels. And it sort of starts to get a self-perpetuating system where the people on the right who notice these things and they start to give up and they start to look around at other opportunities, they literally move out of the state. You also have young people who are, you know, progressive, you know, brainwashed people who want to live in those blue, deep blue places. And it just feeds off itself and the place gets bluer and bluer. I watched it happen in my home state of Connecticut over the last couple of decades and it's happening in California and it's sad. But I guess the good news is we're, other states are preserving some of that. Um, you know, I mean, sadly, New Mexico looks more like the California model. It does. You know, it, and it, I'm going to talk about that before we get full-fledged into your write-up here, because I think it's important. I'm providing context. Uh, by the way, I will uh, give the big shout-out, 505 and the 505, even though it is 505 right now. Why don't we just do that right now for our listeners? How about that? That way we can just go ahead and start, and then we'll just bring it right back in. Huh? We'll just do that. Huh? All right. Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk, on AM1600, KIVA, rockoftalk.com, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Don't forget to catch us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And, of course, you can download the apps for rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. All right, back to the action here. So the reason why I'm talking so much about California is Las Vegas is a natural destination Nevada is a natural destination for um, lots of people from Los Angeles. One of my close friends when I was working for a company called NAI Horizon. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen the show Shaws of Sunset? There's a guy by the name of Michael Showett. He is a friend of mine. He's the lead guy. Okay. He's a total, you know, anyway, I can't say it on the radio, but uh, <laughs> we, used to, we had a different name for the guy. And, uh, him and I went to a concert, we went to Interpol together. And uh, so that was a destination uh, for him. He's very Persian, uh, Iranian, yeah. you know, the Shahs of Sun. Have you seen that? No, but I know is that it, there's a very strong a, Persian community in Southern California. Uh, and it was, I think it pre-existed <laughs> the Shah, but then a whole lot of people left uh, when the Shah fell and it got an even bigger community. There. He's hilarious. The Mike Shuhead, I think? Uh, Shohead. 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 We, we call him Michael Shohead. Yep. Yeah, that's the way that you pronounce oh, it. Oh, he's younger than you are. Wow. Yeah, yeah, a little a bit. Years, yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. But he's funny guy because he's such a wreck you're not (laughs) you're never laughing with the guy because he takes himself too seriously you're like like laughing at him you know but earlier this year he owned up to a sexting drama according to the new york (laughs) post so some things never change (laughs) he was always on the make i don't think he understood at any point um you, you know like uh what sexual harassment meant (laughs) <laughs> these days that's a risky ignorance to have it's like eight in the morning at the, the coffee the coffee pot the marketing assistant for one of the brokerage teams walks in there it's like i just got hit on by michael show at 8 30 in the morning there's a time and a place for everything michael. like stay away from the guy please he's, he's gonna hit on you it's just it's just a matter of time you're a female he's a male he that's all he understands so um so he and many other people uh, left from Los Angeles and they started to make a bigger, better life. And things were really booming in the early aughts for Las Vegas. I mean, it was amazing. I was doing commercial real estate. I loved it. Came in there in 2005. I met with the, the big broker, literally one of the most seasoned brokers in the entire market. Liked me so much. He says, I want you to be my partner. I need you to do a runnership, what you call it. Become a runner, right? 
Uh, I did it only for three months because we were generating so much money. Uh, we were generating so much activity and the market was hot, hot, hot. Year over year, price escalations for homes was like, it's insane. Something you've never seen. You saw the big short and it increased uh, 48, 52%, depending upon the sub market that was there. I think Anthem was like 56% year over year. Year over year. Yeah. Year over year. You couldn't even figure it out. It was like all of this capital was just flocking, just absolutely flocking to Vegas for three and a half years. And let me tell you, it was a three and a half year party until September 30th of 2008. And then the bottom fell out. Like you have never seen anything fall out of your life. Uh, like men, yes, jumping out of buildings, it got that bad. Because despite having all the good times, you know, Kim Kardashian, all that, all those things, they'd fly Paris Hilton in, pay her a million bucks. Yep. She's going to have a great time. Like these clubs were making that type of money. So they'd bring in Paris or uh, Kim or I, I don't know, who, you, you name it, who was there. And and that's what was happening, like the, the pure nightclub. I only went to a few of those. I generally didn't stay in town, but I went to a few of them. And you had to be not just, I guess you would refer to it as dressed to the nines. It was it was absolutely insane. So Las, Las Vegas became the playground for Los Angeles because Los Angeles wasn't that way. So here we are, 2021. And we've continued to see Las Vegas become one of the fastest growing cities in the entire country. Growth like you can't believe. When you fly into Vegas, you've seen the dam. It's sort of a, a, a composition of, of two things. One, the um, enormous growth. Okay, two, it doesn't have the water rights. Uh, and the rights to the Colorado River. Yep. It's amazing. I know so much about this. It just, you know, you pay attention to everything and then you just absorb it all. And the Colorado River, I think Nevada was third. Yeah. You know what's fifth? New Mexico. You know what's first? Arizona. Arizona can continue to um, grow and grow and grow. I think that's right now at about 7.4 million statewide. Phoenix now is the fourth largest metropolis, soon to be the third, because uh, more and more people are leaving Chicago. Uh, and uh, I'm telling you, uh, Phoenix will probably be a good 7 million itself uh, here within the next uh, 20 to 25 years. Uh, and believe it or not, it is going to be sustainable because of the Salt River Project and the amount of water that's all there. Okay. What's not going to be there very likely is the city of Las Vegas. Now, the city of Las Vegas was the first touch. They came from Los Angeles. They did not leave their liberal po- politics behind. Okay, most of the people that I knew out partying, having a great time, you know, freedom, lifestyle. I mean, and really, you think of like places like Pahrump and that just totally liberal out lifestyle, that's Vegas, okay? It's not a great place to bring up a family. Most people don't know their neighbors and they're doing whatever. We had a sub-market when the bottom fell out for the very first time, okay? We had a, and this isn't going to mean very much to you, so I just want you to keep the numbers in perspective. But if I were talking to you as an industrial real estate broker, people were paying insane amounts of money for property. I sold a property for 11.45 million, two and a half acres represent a company out of, uh, it's called JCI, but Johnson Controls Incorporated, one of the top 50, Fortune 50 companies. And yeah. I also represented a company called Ryder Trucking. You may have heard of it, okay? Ryder Trucking was sitting on a piece of land that was standing in the pathway of development. And since I represented Ryder Trucking, we sold that two and a half acre piece of land for 11.45 million. It was one of the single largest purchases on a per square foot basis, and you get lucky just being in the right place, working hard, luck follows hard work, and there you go. And the Vertita family, 
I remember this. I mean, having to actually meet with the family and do the deal and, you know, how, you know, what, what can we get? What's going to be financed? These people didn't finance anything. They bought it straight cash. There was so much money. Nice. Okay. So pay attention because that's 2007. Okay. Floods of people coming in. Vegas going from 1.4 to 1.6 to 1.8 million, like 200,000 people moving in a week. I mean, a year, excuse me. It, it felt, it was just an onslaught. You couldn't build homes fast enough. They couldn't build them close enough to go ahead and get everything going. I mean, that, it was insane. Industrial land per square foot was hitting all times high because all of these were becoming multi-developments. Now, Fertitta is responsible for starting a guy by the name of Dana. What's the guy? Dana, the guy from MMA. Oh, White. Dana White. He's the one they, they started him oh, in his MMA. Yeah. Okay. So that's how that whole thing got started. Okay. So there's this flood of money. All the stuff gets gets going, okay? And then comes 2008. And you've got 110 residential, right? Trump, it, it, they had so many developers there. Trump was not doing his tower, but his ex-wives were creating towers. <laughs> it's like, it was insane. It's like, whoa, where's the Trump tower going? Well, his wife's tower is across the street. And then the guys like Steve Wynn, Sheldon Adelson, Sheldon Adelson uh, recently passed, I think, big Trump supporter, by the way. Yep, yep. Um, they would they would sort of compete with each other sure. for the highest building, tallest building, better way, tallest building on the strip. You know, he had Steve Wynn. He had 665 feet. Sheldon Adelson had to go 668 feet. Well, the next one, the encore is going to go six, something along those lines. And they were constantly competing. They just had so much money that kept coming in. And then all of a sudden, everybody stopped. The credit default swaps. It ended all literally on one day. And I turned around and I looked at the apartment brokers because they knew it. They're the ones that sell all the rentals. And they're like, they're pulling all the money. The small banks are going out of business. All the local banks are just pulling all their money. Uh, it, there's calls on all their money because the, the lending was them on was so loose. And there's all these industrial office Mixed-use development was a big thing back then, oh, oh, yeah. and it literally Mark just Rose. stopped. Everything stopped. Like one day, all the money just stopped because we were the first ones to receive it, and we're the first ones. So then I was representing about 4.1 million square feet at the time, and they made a call on all the financing for the existing buildings as well because there was so much capital that was drying up. Imagine like, uh, you know, what a, a big some something coming out of the ocean is what I'm thinking of, and just pulling all the water from the shore mm-hmm. like Godzilla is just coming in. And we're looking at that, and we had all these people coming in from Los Angeles with all their capital, and everything. That market that I was operating in went from a three and a half percent vacancy rate, an industrial rate, to about fifteen and a half percent in little less than three months, because that's how quickly it comes. People literally saw all the capital that was there, and it dried up the very next day. Wow. I lived that. And, and very, <laughs> very few of you have lived that. We went from getting paid big checks to getting paid no money to doing broker opinion of values. People having their houses just literally taken from them the day of because, well, they got to go ahead and do it, and you can't fill it, and nobody else is coming in. People, yes, taking their own lives. Within a year, people living in the ditches, in the gutters, going from living in three, four, five thousand square foot 
buildings to not sure how they're going to be able to pay anything in the following month. That's how bad it got. Now, the rest of the country didn't get that. And certainly New Mexico did not because you're, of course, protected from all that because of all the government money, right? They got to protect that, the state money and all that. So I want you to think about something as we get into this unemployment conversation about what's happening in Nevada. And if you think it can't happen here, you're sadly mistaken. If you think they don't want it to happen here, you're also sadly mistaken because this seems to be something far more nefarious. It seems to be almost by design to get you to be bound to whatever the government is. And because you secured that and because you have your loan, because you're actually going to be sort of kept to all the very same things that the government decides to do. One of the things that happens with ownership, hey, you got a mortgage. (laughs) Where does it come from? The bank doesn't necessarily own it. That's all the free money that's coming in. That is about to stop. And we've got some great things here in the state of New Mexico that are probably going to sustain us far more than any other state. And it has a lot to do with natural resources. One of those resources, unfortunately for you progressives out there, is going to be oil. Now think about this for a second. Nevada has the highest unemployment rate in the entire country. It could have prevented this, but they couldn't see past themselves because the media was complicit in the brainwashing that was going on on its own population. During the last 10 years of unbelievable growth that they've had to recover from, and Las Vegas did recover, did rebound, tremendous elasticity, they didn't change their politics. As much as you think business and all these other things matter, the thing that matters most is who you choose that goes into office and what they're thinking of, what they're mindful of, what they've been through, what calamities they've seen, and are they going to prevent the next calamity? What type of exposure, what types of risks are okay on behalf of a city? The policies that they choose, is it conducive? All you've seen in Nevada with Harry Reid and now I think the new big liberal governor that's been there, what, three years? Oh my God, he's just god-awful. Nevada is in the midst of a collapse. Not only can it not sustain itself with natural resources, it's likely not going to be be able to sustain itself because all of the people who come there have money from other places and it's all built on services. There's no core industry other than the disposable income industry of the casinos. And guess what people are not going to have over the next 10 years as we move further and further towards more of this value social responsibility, right? Not faster cars, more efficient cars. Not bigger, better houses, smaller houses, more efficient houses. Like everything is aiming towards leaving a smaller carbon footprint. You might think that that's sustainable, but it's going to kill a city like Las Vegas, Nevada, where the money flows even more freely than water itself. So Dowd, Let's look at where Nevada is without that uh, gigantic preamble of my history in Vegas. Where no, you know, you were, you were there a little bit after I was. I was in the, in the late 90s, and I was experiencing that state transition from a pretty reliably purple state, and certainly outside Vegas, kind of like rural New Mexico, you know, pretty red, uh, you know, conservative Republican. I'm just looking at the congressional delegation right, right now, Eddie. I mean, you've got wacky Jackie Rosen, uh, you know, cuckoo. Yeah. Democrat in the Senate. You've got Catherine Cortez Masto, uh, you know, far left Democrat in the U.S. Senate. Their congressional delegation now is three out of four 
uh, are are Democrats. Uh, you got Horsford, uh, Susie Lee, and the loathsome Dina Titus, who I've tangled, oh tangled with. She, she she's one of the worst, worst human beings it, really, on the planet. Yeah, I agree. And she's a Southerner. She's a tail, uh, uh, what do you call it, a carpetbagger who who came into Southern Nevada and ended up working her. And I don't know. She got, I think she was technically on the payroll of the university system there. Uh, and you got Mark Amadai, who's kind of a boring, squishy kind of Republican representing the, the northern block of the state. But that is a state That's that it. has moved blue. Uh, and as you said, Steve Sisolak, um, and I remember people 20 years ago when I was there worried about maybe being the first state to repeal. No state has ever, no matter Bill, under Arkansas under Bill Clinton did not repeal their right to work statute. And I remember people 20 years ago looking at the long term trends in Nevada and saying we might be the first state to repeal our, our right to work. So it's uh, uh, troublesome. And, you know, my I have a piece of my heart is still in Nevada, although I, I live most of my time up uh, in the Truckee Meadows. Uh, Reno, Tahoe, Carson, Carson, maybe the prettiest little uh, state capital you've ever seen until a couple of years ago. The only state capital that did not have an interstate highway running through it. It was sort of so isolated there. But uh, you are correct, Mr. Aragon, as according to the federal government, as of this morning, it was released at what, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. our time. These they release every month, the monthly unemployment rates for states uh, that they tend to lag the national numbers. So we get them a couple of weeks later than the national numbers. As of July, Nevada has now attained number one status on a list you don't want to be number one in at 7.7% unemployment. We have three states that are tied for second worst in the country. I'm going to give you New York, and I'm going to give you California, and and I'm going to let you guess what the third state is (laughs) tied for second worst. That would be, of course, our own beloved land of enchantment. I guess if you're looking for any kind of good news in this data release this morning, we Improved from absolute worst in the or worst in the country, tied with Connecticut. We we picked up uh, three uh, tenths of a percentage point. We dropped down to seven point six. I don't know. Second worst isn't really all that good, and we are now uh, consistently above the national number. It's funny because when a recession does happen, New Mexico tends to not fare as bad in the early months because we do have so many government jobs. But on the longer term trend, we tend to fare uh, even worse. Last summer, as as uh, as lockdowns were starting to fade, don't forget last summer before the fall when she hit us uh, with the lockdown again, lockdown 2.0, we're entering lockdown 3.0 right now. Uh, we were only about 10% worse our unemployment rate than the country. We now have a 40% worse than the unemployment rate for the country. And as I always do, Eddie, I take a look at those states that um, had a rather light touch when it comes to Rona nonsense. These are states that never issued a stay-at-home order, that were never, you know, Nazis about masking and all that kind of thing. Uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, Idaho, and Iowa, just off the top of my head, are four that are doing phenomenally, phenomenally well. They have lower unemployment rates than the country as a whole, with Utah at 2.6%, uh, a very enviable, enviable, enviable rate. Uh, they are just lagging behind Nebraska at 2.3% unemployment. Boy, do we wish we were there. Give you a little bit of a commonality when it comes to sort of our, our bottom 10 states. Uh, as we just said, Nevada, New York, New Mexico, California, New Jersey, Hawaii, uh, my native Connecticut, Illinois. What do those states have in common? They tend to be, of course, heavily blue, Democratic, liberal, progressive, uh, super, super lockdown states. And those are the states that have the worst unemployment in the country. So what's going to happen with a collapsing Nevada economy with no real industry, although the uh, Elon Musk did uh, 
get some natural resources out there for the lithium ion batteries. The battery factory, yeah. The battery factory. Up there in Story County, right outside Reno. Yeah, That's so they won that, I think, what was that, $7 billion, I think, mm-hmm. something along those uh, lines of what they had. What's going to happen when people are there? They're trapped in a mortgage or in a house that they won't be able to get out of because they can't sell the home for less than what they paid for it, regardless of what their current interest rate is. And their kids or their families, and they already have their investments, and there's no other place for them to go. What is going to happen? What is their those people's reaction going to be? It's a pretty simple question with a very, very simple answer. Where's the first place they're going to go to for help? The government. And the government's going to turn around and print even more money and more money and more money. Is that a solution or is that the problem? The biggest problem that we face right now in this country, uh, as far as I'm concerned on a financial standpoint, is the printing of money, fiat currency. And on top of that, issuing more bonds, which further in debt future generations to whatever projects, i.e. stadium, art, rail runner, what have you. And it becomes this drag on the economy overall because you still got to take care of that. Think of it like a child support payment, if you will. You got to pay that before you pay anything else because you can't afford to default on something and you better get some level of utility out of it. The people of Nevada inevitably will not be able to get out from under this because there will be no new industry to create because they'll constantly go to the well and the well will happen to be the government and your democratic leadership in Nevada will continue to paint their population in the corner by playing politics. Blame the big, bad, greedy people who have all the money. Here's what's happening across the country. People who are making sense of themselves and saying, well, we see what's coming. They're moving to places like Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Tennessee, Tennessee, Indiana, Alabama, South Carolina, West Virginia. The population that's generating the most amount of genuine economic output are those people who work in those states. Because by and large, when you look, and I know you were looking at this for a long time down, something called his right to work. He did this for about three years prior to me ever even having Dowd work in here. And he did the right to work thing all the time. And what was happening? This is really the the crux. If we could fix this, if we could get ourselves to a point where we're actually talking about policy that's successful and where people are flocking to and where they think they can become prosperous, where do they inevitably go? To right to work states. Okay, Giving corporations the freedom, the less taxation, more commonsensical business-minded. I think more of these new plants, I think at one point was like 25-0, 25-0 for like three, three, uh, uh, three months in a row when we would cover this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can pull up some of that old uh, uh, study on that, but I'd love to revisit that because I can tell you right now, Nevada used to be one of the most competitive states. Now, no longer. People are not picking up and moving to Nevada. They have to increase their tax base to pay for the future indebtedness that they are issuing on its citizens. How do I know that? One of my very best friends lives there. He's a commercial real estate broker. And they're finding that businesses like New Mexico, we are already experiencing this, are picking up and leaving Nevada to go to other places, which is literally unheard of. Why are people not moving to Nevada where they have no state income tax? You would think more more companies would move into Nevada. 
Right now, a lot of these companies are picking up and leaving Nevada and moving to other red states. That's the that's the lesson. That's the takeaway from all of this. Because the next time we have one of these downturns, which is probably going to be a time when I'm in my 70s, okay, and this downturn is coming, we have to prepare for it. Yes, I want to be your leader during this downturn, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know that anybody's better equipped uh, to handle all this. Things are not going to be going back up. There's way too much free money. Our national debt is at what? Are we at 20, $29 trillion in? Uh, I believe at the end close. of the decade we'll be at $80 trillion. This is insurmountable. And we're bearing, and no one's talking about it. It's not in the news. Hardly anybody is talking. We're still, well, if only Trump were president, only this would, uh, no. None of this stuff is going to save what we have done to ourselves. We've consumed ourselves practically into oblivion and not one more bond and not one more debt issuance is going to help this country because it's, we're paying for stuff. We, we are trying to issue debt on stuff that we cannot pay for. Uh, 28.4 as of yesterday. Trillion, not billion folks, trillion. And we're going to get to some of those right to work, maybe some of the old data that uh, data that Dowd, yep. Dowd 3000 used to have. Yep. Let's uh, check on weather and traffic very quickly. Rudy Grande. All right, as we put things together, starting with the weather, looking at a partly cloudy sky, 86 degrees at the Rock of Talk, and it's really the surface streets that are suffering. They just cleared the accident for them and all, but you'll still find some residual slowdown in the uh, downtown area. Also, new accident on Carlisle. Uh, this is going to be northbound right before Montgomery. That's going to cost you time. Very popular to try and get to I-25 that way. And they cleared the accident finally on the... Uh, on bridge right there past the uh, river, but still finding it a little bit slow heading into the South Valley. We're at Monte Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. Come on down, great humidor. In fact, it's the largest in the Southwest, and that means a lot of different brands of cigars and great pricing. Monte Cigar Shop, San Mateo, just north of Comanche. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. All right, thanks, Rudy. He sounds like he's having a good old time. Too much fun. Smoking big cigars. There he is. Uh, Rudy <laughs> Grundy doing that. All right. Tell us about the rights of work stuff. If you can just pull on a, a couple of uh, yeah. those things in terms of uh, where new companies relocate to. Well, with, when I looked at just with my own, you know, it would be wonderful to have a staff of 35 researchers that, you know, you could have at the university level. But I was looking at expansion and relocation and greenfield investment, basically, all over the country as analyzed or as publicized by a publication, economic development publication called Area Development. So I, I sliced it up by relocation, where you're taking a plant, a facility, and you're just lifting that sucker up and sending it somewhere else. Uh, expansions of existing facilities and then greenfield uh, building, you know, factories and things like that, uh, automotive, automotive parts, that kind of things, uh, you know, electronics. And Looking simply at the right to work versus non right to work state, how how are how are people crossing that barrier? I also uh, sliced it up with. I don't think I've seen anyone do this. Where uh, looking at where the corporate headquarters was. So if you had a corporate headquarters in say Ohio, are you relocating? Are you expanding? Are you building new facilities in right to work or non right to work states? And the data consistently, let me just add a month after month after month, showed the preference for right to work. And I like to think that I was honest in saying if you're a small biotech and you're not going to have a lot of employees, if you're a small startup with maybe five guys who are going to be writing code for you, that's not where the right-to-work advantage is. The right-to-work advantage is in things like logistics, uh, warehousing, you know, R&D facilities, where you're going to have a good chunk of uh, employees, and they're going to be good-paying jobs. They're going to be middle-class and above. We're not just talking about 
call centers. In fact, I think I didn't even look at call centers back when I was looking at this data. Um, so, well, why would you? Yeah, I, just, I mean, that's I mean not, in, in terms of uh, you're just getting to the minimum wage stuff, nobody right. would be able to compete. Right. Uh, and in fact, even a couple of years ago, uh, as right six months into Luhan Grisham's administration, her economic development uh, top official there, Alicia Keys, said, oh, you know, we've decided to uh, change our perspective on this. We're actually looking for good good jobs in New Mexico, not just any job. So we're not going to be subsidizing and going after call centers like we were for so long because, as I've said many times, the economic development bureaucracy is like teenage girls at the mall. Whatever the hip new idea is, they just go run chasing after that instead of instead of hitting those doubles and singles and just bringing in the kind of stuff that, frankly, right-to-work states do. So, again, I looked at that barrier. Are you crossing the barrier? Are companies... Uh, right to work companies um, expanding in right to work places, or are they going to non right to work place? It, it was it was insane. Uh, it, we, I looked at, like, as I said, expansions, relocations, and then greenfield investments. Where, you know, and I'm sad to say this, but companies do this now. They basically say we're we're looking to build a new facility. Right. Send us your RFPs. What, right. Amazon did this. Uh, I think Apple did it too with their with their second headquarters. And we just saw, I mean, you know, 70, 80, some months. I think it was 90 percent of the jobs going to right-to-work states. And these, again, these are goods, middle-class and above jobs. And the great thing for New Mexico, I mean, New Mexico is constrained, you know, works in a constrained policy environment because they have, there's such an underdeveloped private sector here. Right-to-work is great because you pass a law, it doesn't cost any money. You're not begging for money from Washington. You're not imposing a new tax on the people here. You're not adopting some complex regulatory structure. You just pass the right-to-work law. It's a boilerplate law. Uh, I think we're up to like 29 states have done it now. Uh, in the last five or six years, a whole bunch of states have jumped into the pool, like uh, Wisconsin, uh, Kentucky, uh, Indiana went right to work. Uh, Michigan, you know, the home of Detroit, the big three went right to work a couple of years ago. And it's just something that it shows you the level of corruption in the state because it's something yep. they could you could call a special session right. today, pass this thing in half an hour and, and then and, and put yourself on the map. We hear that phrase over and over. This will put us on the map. This 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 soccer stadium will put us on the map. When you talk to guys in John Boyd, who is a, a Chicago-based economic uh, site location consultant, he came out here. We had a seminar in Rudoso a couple of years ago, and he said, basically, most of the firms I talk to, they don't even put you on the list unless you're a right-to-work state. So you're literally not under consideration. They look under uh, you know, a select list, and you ain't on it, and it, it, it never even enters their brain uh, to, to look at your state. And it really shows the, the, gro- the strength of unions uh, who use their coercive power in this state to keep us from being a right-to-work state. It passed in the House of Representatives in 2015. Republicans had it uh, killed in the Senate. And, of course, with Democrats controlling both chambers and the governorship, it's it's dead on arrival right now. But it's probably, Eddie, the most frustrating thing when I look at New Mexico public policy. It doesn't cost us a dime. We could do it tomorrow and improve our position significantly. And, of course, the 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 complaint is this is the right to work for less when you analyze cost of living in the right to work states, the wage premium <laughs> that the coercive unionism states get, they do make a little slightly higher income. But if everything, including taxes and utilities and uh, health care and transportation is higher in those bluer states, then whatever higher wage you get gets gobbled up. And so it's not so much a boosting your income cool as it is a job growth and getting you on the map and luring people into your state and, and getting noticed by those uh, those firms that uh, literally that's a job you, you can be a site consultant companies go to people like john boyd you can look them up online and he explains you know what why what what the state is has an advantage over that state new mexico just isn't on the list until we have that right to work status and um we know who runs things in santa fe uh, in santa fe unions 
more than any other entity, control Santa Fe. Smells bad. You smell something? <laughs> I think I smell something. I think we just became a right-to-work state. <laughs> you know when we became a right-to-work state? Any guesses? Do you guys know what's going on right now with our frontline healthcare workers? If you think about what Michelle Lujan Grisham is doing so that she can achieve her edicts, these are people who spent 10, 15, 20, 30 years. They're not unionized. What she has turned the private healthcare providers into, despite the fact that it's not right to work here, meaning it gives the workers a chance to, quote unquote, unionize. Even under an Emergency Use Authorization Act, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope that Anna Garner addresses this tonight, and I'd love to get Dowd's perspective on this. But isn't what she is doing by stating that these companies can go ahead and terminate by not following the Emergency Youth Authorization Act, essentially giving them the same rights that the 29 other states, which already have the right to work laws on on the books? Dowd, am I wrong in saying <laughs> that? There's a similarity there. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, if they have the right to go ahead and, and terminate, Without cause, even though they're using it out cause, that's what a right to work essentially is with uh, the unionization. I mean, uh, this is at will employment. There's a reason why companies don't relocate here because they don't want to have to deal with being a non-right to work state. One of the things that it gives is it takes out market forces. They have to agree to something that it comes from an edict when they're a non-right to work state that has no, no sensitivity whatsoever, no price sensitivity to competitive bids, no price sensitivity to actually thinking about business. Like there's union, non-union shops. I grew up around a union shop that was directed mostly uh, for the purposes of educating and making sure that these people were capable as apprentices, journeymen, uh, eventually superintendents and, and, and people who practice a trade. That's not about this anymore. Right now, what it's about is making sure that they have the political willpower to get the highest amount. We need to make this much money. If we don't make this much without sensitive to if the economy's up or down, what the uh, current environment is in, in a particular industry, whether or not construction's up or down, real estate's up or down, or any of this stuff is up or down. Michelle Lujan Grisham is now advocating for right to work. Believe it or not. These employees, in terms of what they're dealing with today, in my opinion, I don't think I'm wrong about this. In my opinion, she's advocating for right to work on behalf of these healthcare providers right now. I think there's a real case here. I hope Anna Garner can pick up on this, given that we're not a right to work state. And maybe we can uh, feed her uh, some of her own medicine at this point in terms of uh, those employees. Is that another uh, per potential, uh, uh, you know, Bullet in the chamber, hopefully mm, for this. I don't know, but I think this is a another angle that we can. Well, and we, I guess we've been remiss and we haven't explained what right to work is. It simply means that you do not have to join or pay any dues to the union if it comes in and organizes your workplace. So, in a non right in a non right to work state, basically, if a union decides to get certified in your workplace, you don't control the terms of your employment. You have to defer to the union. And in the private sector, private sector. You are forced. This is the only entity in America. The church can't do this. Your the Chamber of Commerce can't do this. Your neighborhood association can't do this. They force you on, as a condition of employment to pay dues or the equivalent of dues to the union. And so when you pass that right to work uh, 
law, and it's a simple boilerplate law. It's like on one, one, one piece of paper. It's not 1,200 pages. You just pass it. We could do it tomorrow in Santa Fe. It simply means that the union doesn't have a claim on your money. You're not forced to give that money to the unions. And unsurprisingly, unions uh, don't have the kind of political strength in right-to-work states as they do in non-right-to-work states. Because there's but a choice. Because there's a choice. And, 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 and the, you have to actually explain to the, the, the organized members, this is what we're doing for you and win their support so that I give my consent to be a donor, uh, to be a dues payer. And if you're, if the union, for example, someone like me, uh, I'm, I'm, I live alone. I'm an introvert, no wife, no kids. If the union's priority was, uh, right in, in our, in, as we go through our negotiations, negotiations right now, so many of our employees have wives and kids and we are going to make sure that family insurance, you know, low co-pays, low premium, you know, that's the number one goal. Well, for someone like me, the number one goal is higher wages. How is the union representing me if they're negotiating for terms and conditions that don't really help me all that much? But if I lived, if I were back in my native Connecticut or if I were right here in New Mexico working in a unionized workplace, I could whine to the union, but they didn't, they don't have to care. They're getting their money one way or the other. So it is a issue of freedom of association. We're dealing a lot in Rona world with the whole concept of, of freedom of association. And it, it is a powerful economic development tool. And therefore it is wholly rejected by people in Santa Fe. If it doesn't uh, line their pockets, if it doesn't give them more power, what the heck interest do they have? The only good news on the right to work uh, uh, news front that we've had in the last couple of years is local and state government now are entirely right to work. That was decided by the Supreme Court in what was called the Janus decision. Years ago, not, not that long ago, a couple decades ago, even people on the left said you can't organize government. Government's a monopoly. Uh, you can't, you know, collectively bargain, have collective bargaining with government employees. It's, I mean, they're going to basically represent themselves and then they're going to get the people elected who are supposed to be on the other side of the negotiating table. They control both sides of the negotiating table. They're a monopoly. Uh, people didn't listen to that. John F. Kennedy didn't listen to that. Uh, my home state, uh, uh, Connecticut was one of the leading states that adopted Union, uh, union um, uh, empowerment, basically, laws for local and state government. Eddie, right now, we have 7.2 million government union members as compared to only 7.1 million private sector union uh, workers. There is more power in terms of numbers in government unions than in private sector unions. That's a whole other kettle of fish, and you want to ask why your taxes are always going up and why government gets bigger and bigger and less and less accountable. Negotiate against itself. It's uh, it's a sick system, and there's some quote I don't have it on the top of my head. FDR, the man who signed the Wagner Act, okay, which which was the coercive union policy at the federal level in the private sector, said it is impossible to to uh, bargain collectively in the public sector. FDR said that. Um, I don't know. Can you say other than teacher unions and government unions, is there a more powerful lobby in this country right now? And why we have a 28.4 trillion dollar national debt? And uh, you know, again, I study government closely here in New Mexico, there is no one in, in Santa Fe who has more power than government unions. And uh, I, I, when we talk, when I bash unions, I'm not talking about grandpa's union and grandpa wasn't, a, uh, he got a good mentor and he became an apprentice and he learned a skill. We are in a whole different world now with these folks. Uh, they are political entities through and through and they get a lot of their money through coercion, which uh, as a libertarian, I don't uh, accept. I don't know if it's coercion or just mandates. Uh, I mean, they have to be paying yeah. those dues ahead of everything else. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the city of Albuquerque and the state of New Mexico pulls that uh, due uh, out of their 
uh, check before they even get a chance to touch they it. They do indeed, and they also uh, take money and devote it to the PAC, the Political Action Committee, for mm. the union and in the union contracts. I was That's just how we vote Democrat every <laughs> single uh, year. And in the union contracts, I was just looking at one in Grant County, uh, that little little county down there in Silver City. Yeah, they place. allow uh, union officials who are supposed to be government employees multiple days off a year to go to union political training, and yeah. it's on your dime, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable. Well, that's a lot to cover. That's uh, pretty heavy for a Friday, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I think it's something that we should all be paying attention to. The lessons that we could learn to get out from the bottom, we won't do it. The thing that would actually help us accelerate, not as it's a silver bullet, but the thing that would help us accelerate the level of economic development, and there's got to be some ways around. Maybe I'll just walk into the mayor's office and just, uh, you know, uh, call the state of the emergencies <laughs> in the city day one. 550 <laughs> call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Who's this? This is Patrick Sykes. Hey, what's going Hi, on, Patrick? How's it going? I'm over here working for you, man. I'm oh, man. What are you, you don't that. need to work for me. You've worked so hard. <laughs> I appreciate you. Where, hey, are you. where are you at today? What's, but, what's going on? Uh, right now, I'm at, a, at a, my uh, grandson's football game. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. All right. I'm hopefully, glad. football players are wearing a mask. Yeah, hopefully there's no mask on those uh, uh, football players other than their face mask. mask. Nobody wearing a mask over here, man. Good. Nobody wearing one over here. Good, good. That's the short thing. Hey, Albuquerque, I want to say hi. And Eddie and Patrick working together will make Albuquerque great and safe again. And ladies and gentlemen, Eddie will be our next mayor of Albuquerque. Wow, look at that. That's some enthusiasm. That's exciting. With all of us working together, we can do it, people. We can do it. We, we can. can make Albuquerque safe again. Absolutely. I, I, I know we can. I know we can do it. Um, Eddie's got the same ideas as I got. We're going to move forward. Eddie is going to be the next mayor. Albuquerque, let's do this. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome, Patrick. That's great. We got to get you. In, you're going to have Patrick uh, in for an honorary day. You want to come be on the radio for a day with me next week, uh, Patrick? Do the show. Yeah, I'll do that, man. All right, there we go. I got a partner, so doubt can many hands make light work. And me and Patrick are just going to tee up on the day that I launch. So that's going to. You know, can you believe it? They were calling you a Democrat earlier today, and I was kind of upset. I said, "Well, you can't say every Hispanic's a Democrat. That's just crazy." Yeah, I heard you in the early in the show. Oh, did you? Okay. That. <laughs> but that, that's crazy. I know that's the way people are. But that's cool. I'm glad you corrected it. But yeah. Nope. Not every, but not every Spanish person is a Democrat. Here. There you go. In, in fact, America. we're moving. Uh, we're moving more conservative and Republican as we understand our roots more and more. Be safe out there. And now, what's the name of your uh, your Mijos uh, team? What's his, What's the team? It's, uh, it's the Las Lunas Tigers. Be the Tigers. Tiger. Go Tigers. Oh, and they haven't, they haven't been in, uh, they haven't been in school, right? Hasn't Las Lunas been doing remote learning? I think they are, but my, my uh, grandson, um, goes to APS in Albuquerque. Okay. Good. Uh, All right. With the control masks and stuff. So I, I don't really, I really don't like that. Really didn't, you know, none of us do. Yep. Uh, they don't need to be wearing masks. No. Um, you know, that's just just a shame the way we're going in. I know. And I heard we're we're going to bring it back. Don't worry. Earlier. I heard the guy earlier. Hey, I have a lot of places that I'm boycotting, too, if they want me to wear a mask. You have a couple of... Yeah, you have a couple of... 
you have a couple of suggestions already? You want to throw them out there? Well, you know, just stand up for your rights, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the way we're going right now, it's 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 incredible. You you, I don't know if you heard uh, somebody's president today. The way he was out there on national TV making a fool of himself. I just couldn't believe what I was hearing and seeing on TV from this individual. But what he was pushing out to the American people were all lies. We all know that other countries are, are are upset with us because of what's going on on in Afghanistan. We left them there to fend for themselves. Uh, you know, Boris was trying to get a hold of uh, somebody's president here in the United States, and he couldn't even get a hold of him. He was playing phone tag for four days. And then you got this idiot saying, oh, it happened four days ago while well, he's at Camp David. You know, people, we got to we gotta wise up. We got to move forward. We got to fight for our rights. And we all got to work together for this to happen. Absolutely. Good stuff, uh, Patrick. I'll see you next week. Call me or text me. Let me know which day works for you. We're going to have you on for the full show, okay? Yes, sir. All right. And let me know when you're going out places, man. I'll go out there and help you. Hey, too, you man. just you just set them up and I'll knock them down. We'll just uh, you be Lloyd the bartender and I'll be uh, all working. No playmates, Jack a dull boy. Tell me where to go and I'll go talk. Okay. There we go, man. There we go. All right, just put put me in front all of right. a, Just wind me up and let him go. Best just let him finish. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yes. Hey, Eddie, how's it going, brother? Good. Is this Chris? It is. How you hey, doing, well, good, good, good meeting you today. What's going on? Very nice speech as well. You know, when you look back on, you know, what happened with Trump, the whole Ukraine and quick pro quo bribing, you know, all that crap pales in comparison now with what's going on with that Afghanistan stuff. Until you look at, you know, for Biden, he gets a pass, gets away with it. And to me, what's, what's going on over there is much bigger, much more serious than the stuff that they tried to pull on Trump. And if you, I've talked to a lot of my military friends, and I know you've got them as well. They are a abhorred with what's going on they are so upset so frustrated and i think i even know some that voted for this guy don't ask me why but they did and are you know they've got massive remorse and extraordinarily upset because of what's going on so leadership from the top down you know uh michelle luan grisham follows biden's lead and it's this you know it's following a clown yeah same thing. So what did you think about the turnout today? It was pretty good, huh? Uh, 300 plus uh, from what I can tell. And wow. I really appreciated each and every person who turned out to defend their rights, stand up for freedom and uh, fight for the 505. That awesome. was, it was tremendous today. I was very excited. Um, and so I was also happy with a couple of the candidates who also decided to show up. You know, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the people who are out there, the very same people who are out there asking for money, trying to make things happen. Uh, they should also be showing up on days like these when a mandate comes down where we're forced to do it because those are the people who are going to be tasked with the responsibility of standing up to the governor. And we only had one gubernatorial candidate that showed up. We need them all to be out there. Absolutely. Well, and that's what it takes, Eddie. This is, that's a simple equation here is just stand up and stand up for what you believe in because as it was spoken today, we know that this mandate is unlawful, yep. unconstitutional. Yep. And people need to realize that when you stand up, you are standing up with a backing. One other thing, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, Skip Heidsick from Calvary also announced. I heard that about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let it loose. Yeah, they're done, they're done with the mandate. They're not, you know, they're, if you want to come to church there, you're welcome to come with or without masks. You consult with your physician. 
and you make your own determination as to whether or not you need to wear one or not, they're done following the same. I think that's a huge step in the right direction and a, a good shot of confidence for those that are out walking around because that's a big, big church and a, and a great announcement, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a 182 for the Calvary. Unlike last year, uh, he fooled me once. Shame on him. Fooled me twice. I didn't get to do it. And uh, he's standing with the rest of the churches out there. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, by the way, I've got a little quote for you. Hey, Chris, things happen for a reason. Except for clowns. There's no reason for clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and mimes are even worse. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, good one. Uh, by the way, uh, Dowd's going to give you the the blast, and then we're going to talk to Dowd uh, when he gets back, which will be at least a week, maybe next Friday. Uh, my sister uh, just booked me two rooms at Treasure Island whoa. for Monday and Tuesday. Um, I'll be staying with them at the Holiday Inn Express at wow, uh, Flagstaff at overnight. Nice. And now we got to decide about the flight uh, back or maybe a rental car. We will see. Oh. Looks like I'm going to Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. <laughs> be up to Hyundai by midnight. <laughs> right. All right, caller, you are in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yes, to you, caller. Go ahead. Hello. Hey, Eddie, I was at the hey, rally whoa. today. It was Holy a moly. rally. It was a great okay. crowd. All right, all right. Okay, good. What, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Miriam, and Hi. I spoke to you the healthcare workers that are facing losing their job if they don't get the shot. Uh, let's see. We've got, I've got a text coming in. I need you to text uh, directly uh, to me. Um, and I will give you, so be on the seven o'clock show. I mean the seven o'clock phone call tonight. Let me read this real quickly. Okay. And then I want you to say what you're going to say here. Um, and then there's a seven o'clock phone call with Anna Garner. It says, do not quit your job. Uh, this is from America's frontline doctors. As the mandates are increasing and the deadlines last approach, you should not quit your job. Do not be fooled by your boss says you must resign. Make your boss fire you and do not sign anything or agree to anything that says otherwise. Do not agree with voluntary resignation. If you are fired, you are eligible for unemployment regardless. Anything else and you are not. If you are fired, oh, I guess you get federal unemployment. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're fired, don't quit your job, but you're fired. Right. You place the costs back on them and you get on your fight for unemployment benefits. Let them experience the burden associated with their own choice. Avail yourself to any government dollars that have gone to support those previously unwilling to work. Use all tools and resources you can, including the CDC's unlawful mandate to halt rents. We suspect you ordinarily would not take advantage of these systems because of the person that you are, but these are extraordinary times now. In the last 18 months, we have watched the communists in America radically change the definition of simple words in their efforts to strip away our rights. Words such as vaccine, herd immunity, and cases have literally been redefined by the communists to support this power grab. By changing the traditional definition of just four words, these usurpers were able to create in the minds of the media and the public a frightening global emergency. Do not allow these tyrants to crush what remains of your rights. Do not agree to be fired. We are the Delta. We are at the Delta variant. The last variant is totalitarianism. Wow. That's the most power. We, we need that. I mean, that's a great shirt. Stand strong. You are the hero you have been waiting for. So do not quit your job okay, is what, uh, what, what we have right here. This is coming from America's uh, frontline doctors. Mary, go ahead. I won't quit my job. I'll be showing up every day that I can to treat patients. But yesterday may have been, been my last day because I will not get the shot. And my hospital tells me that I must get the shot or I cannot work. So I will be at the meeting tonight. I encourage everybody who's facing these situations to be at the meeting with me. And with enough voices together, maybe we can make some change here. How about 
instead of saying maybe we will make some change, we will be the yes, change. Yes, sir, we will make some changes. Right, we good. have to. The people of New Mexico are really counting on it. And the governor did not tell you the truth when she was making this mandate announcement. She said that all of these frontline workers had not seen a day off since the oh, pandemic right. yeah, yeah, yeah. started. That yeah, was a lie. That. I've never missed a day off. I've always been able to take all the days off. In, in fact, we're granting vacation time to anybody who signs up for it appropriately. So that's not true, and I don't want to single New Mexican to think they're doing a good thing by getting this shot to help me. It will not help me. You have to make this decision based on on facts, not on lies. All right. Good one. Thanks, Mary. Hey, nice meeting you. Thanks for showing up today. And, Pleasure uh, to meet you. It was a yeah, great and, rally today. All right. And text me for uh, the details on that meeting, if you would. All right. Will do. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, I know, Rudy, we've gone a long time without our Rudy... Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. But I do like that, making this the land of Massa. Make Albuquerque safe again. Massa. And right now oh, when you, wow, look at that. Mr. Marketer. Yeah, so such a marketer. It hey, is that Mr. Marketer over there? You think you're all bad, Rudy, over there? At- <laughs> I just loved it when he said it. So uh, looking right now at our drive on I-40, that's a, that is a really tough one right now. An accident, major one right there on I-40 westbound at Coors Boulevard. That's why you are stuck in under 10-mile-an-hour traffic all the way back now from 4th Street. Looks like on Coors itself, it's not going to be very fun southbound from La Urrea to Montano. And Montano, that's not riding very nicely either. 10 miles an hour from leaving Los Poblanos all the way past the river up to Coors Road. Hey, listen, we're at Monte Cigar Shop now, largest humidor in the southwest. How about this Macanudo or maybe the Partagas? That may be a good one for you, the Cohiba. CAO, come on by. I know they're going to be closing the doors in just a bit, but they're open tomorrow. Monty Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the to the There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Business man there to drink my wine. Plow man take my earth. None will level on the mine. Nobody of it is worth. No reason to get excited The baby kind is close There are many here among us Who do the lifeless but a close But you and I have been through that And this is not our fate so let us start talking about it now. Look, I was getting late. Hey! 5.59, we're going to blow right through the top of the hour. Jeffrey Candelaria up next, all along the Watchtower. That's where we are. And I guess Mayor Keller is going to be on 770 
at 7 p.m. tonight. Boy. Yeah, another puff profile. He's uh, really trying to do hard. Remember, they only promote Democrats there. They do not say the names of Republicans like, <laughs> we don't know. Beetlejuice. 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 <laughs> That's really my name. I mean, if you think about it, right? Except they're trying to say his name three times to make him go away, not to, <laughs> not to bring him. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Eric Strauss over here coming and... Uh, um, Trying to make friends with me, you might remember that I told you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's like, oh, this is a pretty cool thing. Things are going really good. We'll see what. And then all of a sudden, huh? Now I can't even say my name. Now I won't take my calls. Now I won't schedule uh, interviews. Now I won't do anything. So, the but door is closed. Yeah, the door is closed. <laughs> Corporate policy. No freedom of speech over here. He's an anti-vaxxer. Is that, is that what they're uh, really saying? I don't know. Only imagine. I don't know what they're. What are, what are those? You know what? What people think of you is none of your business. That's really the way of thinking. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, you just uh, you just don't care. Hello, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they're dead. They're ghosts. No, I mean they're gone. Split out of your afterlife, kids. Are you a ghost, too? I'm the ghost with the most, babe. <laughs> you know, you look like somebody I can relate to. Maybe you could, you could help me get out of here, you know, because I got to tell you, this, uh, this death thing is... <laughs> it's too creepy. See, here's my problem. I got these friends on the outside that I said I'd meet, you know, and that's the kind of thing I have to be there in person, you know. So I was just wondering, could you help me get out of here? I want to get in. Why? Well, well, you know, hey, you probably got your reasons, uh, but the thing is, I can't do anything from over here. If you could get me out over there, then maybe we could talk or something. (laughs) But in order to do that, you got to say my name three times. What's your name? Why not? You know why? Because if I tell you, you tell your friends. Your friends are calling me on the horn all the time. I got to show up at shopping centers for openings and sign autographs <laughs> and shit like that. And it makes my life a hell, okay? A living hell. But maybe if you have a pen, maybe we can. Oh, I know. You can place your raids. Yeah. Ah, good, good. Ah, here we go then. Ready? Um, two words. Right. Ah. Uh, first word, two syllables. You know, just uh, uh, no. I don't know what your signal is. Turn around and look behind you. Hi, how are you? <laughs> a beetle. God, okay. Now, two, uh, breakfast orange, orange beetle, uh, beetle fruit, beetle breakfast, uh, the beetle drink, beetle, uh, uh, beetle juice. Yes, that's it. Name's Beetlejuice. Ah, you did it twice. Just say it once more. Come on. It was you, wasn't it? Me. The snake. No, what's make you kids in your imagination? Just say it. Hmm. I want to talk to Barbara. No, you. Like, it's like Eric Strauss talking to Cumulus. I, I don't know. I'm going to talk to. I'm going to talk to KKOB first. Oh, We're not going to say the, the names of any Republicans over here. Barbara, honey, it's too Republicans. Republicans. 
No, Say it don't. one more time. I mean, Come on. That, that best line, though, is I've seen the exorcist, exorcist 137 times, and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. Is this Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Gina Dean Davis? Yeah, there they are. There it is. There comes old Beetlejuice. All you got to do is say my name. No. There it is. There comes corporate, corporate media from KKOB. Like, don't say his name. This is this is the this is the exact conversation they're having over there. There it is. Let's check the top ten. The blast, folks. You have a great weekend. We got Jeffrey Candelary coming in here in just a second. We will be live. We will take your phone calls. Great. Uh, we're gonna say uh, what? Almost. Well, I want to play a little yacht rock on your way out, just for you, just to. Set sail uh, for you. But uh, D-Dad Muska, top five of the day. Yeah, top five most clicked uh, links in our Daily Blast. You can subscribe to this free service at rockoftalk.chat. Number one, um, obviously the big news yesterday was the uh, horrific attack on police officers. This was a different sort of take on it. The uh, KRQE went out and talked to people in the neighborhood. This is a chilling story. One woman said her husband was in their backyard. Gunshots rang out, and she used uh, she checked on him outside. She found him helping an officer who was hit. I saw him arm in arm next to a cop, and I thought for a second he might have gotten shot, but it was the cop who got shot, and he was carrying him here in the back alley and brought him to safety, mm. and the cop went into the ambulance. Good for that good citizen there. Yeah. Uh, number two, Ben Ray Lujan, press release. I'm sorry for inflicting this upon you people. Uh, he's trying to horn in on Afghanistan. I don't think he could find Afghanistan on a map, but uh, he's trying to get generate a little publicity for himself, uh, signing on to a bipartisan letter for supporting some of the uh, American supporters in Afghanistan uh, he never really carved out a name for himself in this issue, but he's trying to glom onto it. Uh, number three, a Border Patrol uh, spokesman yesterday said that uh, a Holloman Air Force Base, a car crashed into, it was fleeing the Almogordo Border Patrol Station and got into an accident at the Holloman Air Force Base. Fortunately, no, none of our servicemen were hurt. We're going to try to keep digging and find out what why people were fleeing the Border Patrol. Uh, interesting situation in Los Alamos. Uh, they are trying to develop an innovation triangle there. Probably more of your money being wasted. I'll be monitoring this very, very uh, closely. And lastly, um, Farmington. Farmington wants to get involved in all of the money that's flowing out of Washington on the in, in the infrastructure plan for all sorts of green energy. Obviously, Farmington, the Four Corners area, taking it on the chin lately. And it's a little depressing to see the mayor kissing up to Jennifer Granholm, who knows nothing about energy, and Martin Heinrich, who knows nothing about energy. So or anything else. Don't, don't fall for the scam, folks. Just please don't fall for this nonsense. We're going to see Dowd in a week, or are you coming back the following <laughs> Monday? Uh, I'd say you the Thursday or Friday I'll be back. All yeah. right. Yeah. Good to see you. And uh, well, Thanks Dowd. for the time off, uh, 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 Grand Vizier of the Rock of Talk. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy yourself and enjoy you, your family. can't imagine there's so many other people uh, as well who have not seen their family or sometimes we'll do a little mu- musical interlude. Uh, we'll uh, let uh, Dowd steal away some time for about a week. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in to the Kiva on AM1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Back and forth. Come on and hold me Just like you told me Then show
with more 411 here for your third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk at AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, here live on a Friday night with Jeffrey Candelaria, the newest addition to our team here on Saturday afternoons. Uh, he has straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, and a lot of people have been enjoying the things that he's been talking about. Jeffrey, how are you? You know, I, I appreciate your producing the show, and uh, I think the essence of what I try to do, I think you do it as well, is to be as transparent as possible, to seek out truth. It's often in, you know, very uncomfortable to do so because sometimes we have to look at ourselves and call out some of our own transgressions and hypocrisies and move beyond that to find this thing called the pristine, uh, the pristine nature of truth itself. And, you know, Eddie, I'm reminded of a quote that my professor at UNM years ago before it became these woke academics the most dangerous threat to enlightenment is not ignorance, but attachment to a false belief or a structural construct that is spurious. And that stayed with me for 25 years. Wow, that's uh, that's deep. Uh, we're we're crossed uh, into that quite a while ago. Uh, we have dedicated ourselves to a party uh, that has been running the state, Democrat Party of the State of New Mexico has been running this party running the state for a very long time and uh it's a set of beliefs that's not based in any type of reality unfortunately um and it's not doing good for the state of new mexico we find ourselves on the wrong side of so many conversations yesterday was uh just another case in point jeffrey with uh the unbelievable uh shooting of four of our police officers yeah. and you know we've seen uh, tim keller go up and down talking about i can't breathe black lives matter or, you know what we've seen that's Literally, you know, 14 months ago at the end of or the, the middle middle of June, I should say. So about 13 months ago. And, you know, uh, I got to say, you know, the Democrat Party has not done the state of New Mexico any favors at this point. I think your uh, quote there, I th think, is a sort of commentary on exactly that. We've got to change the way that we do things. Your show helps people see things from a historical perspective because we were not founded on the very values that uh, we are now starting. We are practicing in government and uh, across our society in New Mexico today. Well, you know, unfortunately, over the past 50 years, perhaps it started obviously with FDR, but I think it really kind of coalesced with uh, the Great Society and Lyndon Johnson. What we have lost as a society, and I blame the Republicans as well for this, is we've lost the ability to really cultivate for ourselves and our kids a curious mind, critical thinking, and embrace and hold to conviction. And those are things that, frankly, the democratic machine, particularly the progressive woke part of that machine, really precludes. Because think about it, Eddie. If a person truly has a curious mind, conviction, and critical thinking, they're going to move beyond this 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 uh, reliance on government, which really uh, erodes self-reliance. The very things you talked about. Our country was founded on 
on self-reliance, accountability, innovation. But reliance on government does nothing to really engender and really support those those constructs. Well, I could tell you that uh, we have become less reliant, uh, self-reliant, I should say, and more reliant on the government. Yes. Um, we have uh, been in practice on who's the bailouts. We just had a whole hour talking about how people are doing more and more to, uh, hey, bail us out, government. I'm expecting the check. We're going to prolong the eviction. Uh, hey, we need to. And, and one of the things they're doing is, you know, they're making the problem. That's the government, which is we're going to shut down your business or force you to do mask mandates or, you know, have alternative uh, working uh, solutions or we're going to remove your uh, work uh, altogether. And then they're providing the quote unquote solution, which is coming by way of uh, printed money, this is not going to help us. That is going to be, become more force dependence. And then they're going to make us part of the, so, uh, the problem solving uh, for them, which will never be on, be on my children. My children's children is uh, paying off a debt that we'll never be able to get rid of. Uh, it's not a mirage to say that at some point, you know, we're going to have to go ahead and pay the piper. This is something that will happen. And if we would have just, I didn't get PPE money. I didn't go to the government. I didn't look for ways to go ahead and make sure that I can make ends meet for my business. We hunkered down. We did what we could. And, and that used to be the nature of how uh, this, and you talk so much about on your show, of how we got to where we got to, came in, uh, whether 1598 or 1693, we were self-reliant uh, people. Uh, and we're a very proud people here in the state of New Mexico. And that seems to be have robbed with us. Uh, and we They've taken that reliance along with our dignity. And then, you know, Eddie, remember a very self-evident truth is that, and I don't want to just pick on Democrats because I think it's the political machine overall. They've invoked this thing called Chinese virus, which is fear because now well, why you, don't you just want to blame? I mean, who else is driving this agenda? Well, I think it's much bigger than just the Democrats. I think it's also, How? and well, cause I don't think we talk enough about those people that we don't elect that are the bureaucrats in Washington and Santa Fe and other places that also influence Three quarters policy. of the FBI are registered Democrats. When you look well, at the people well, who work in government, it's Democrats. Fine. I mean, the domination of Democrats is, hey, uh, let's make the, you've read Leviathan, no doubt. I mean, it's Hobbes Leviathan. It's a bigger and bigger machine. That's their ideology. Fine, but let's talk about the point, and that is the unelected bureaucracy that's in there for generations that survives Obama, that survives Clinton, that survives Lyndon Johnson, whatever. Those are the people that secret uh, influence, that secret force that influences policy. We don't, I don't think we talk enough about those unelected, like Fauci, for example, is unfortunately one of the most influential people in our country the last two, uh, one and a half years. Was he elected? Absolutely not. What has he done? He has invoked, he sustained, and he's reincarnated this thing called the Chinese virus in various incarnations. And when you keep people fearful, they're distracted and they're much easier to manipulate. By the way, I wrote an op-ed about four months ago, I think you may have read it, that talked about this notion that we the people is a construct that, uh, that 330 million Americans embrace. I conjecture, my thesis is about 30 to 40 percent of Americans no longer embrace basic principles that the founders put forth, right. like you said, self-reliance right. yeah, and those yeah. things. And think about this too, Eddie. When you when you portray yourself as Santa Claus, like states like New Mexico do, and you give people free money, you de-incentivize people to work. Keep in mind, the people uh, 
what is it, 20% of the population in New Mexico, first of all, can't even read at a fifth grade level, which I want to talk about later if we have time. But about, what is it, 20% of the population has been de-incentivized to work? They've been eating Cheetos for the last year and a half. How do you resurrect that work ethic? And keep in mind, and you hit on this earlier, and you talk about it all the time with your father, with what you have done, with I, what I think I have done. You know, my mother died when I was nine. My brother and I were, were well-educated, but we were reviled on South Broadway because we were trying to, to learn uh, to go to Tanawan and maybe play golf. But That's interesting. Uh, you know, that, that point is part of the culture that keeps people down yes. or trying to do better for themselves yes. on their own, which is exactly what you tried to do. I understand the point that you're making in terms of trying to better yourself, but that's not something that Democrats want. They want more dependency. Of course. And uh, I, I will go back to uh, the Democrats and talking about this because I'm pulling up a letter now from Fauci and uh, we've seen the letter, the very uh, sycophantic letter that, uh, that, that was placed uh, uh, directly to uh, Hillary Clinton as she was getting uh, grilled on the Hill for Benghazi. You know, what difference does it matter anyway? Um, it matters a lot. Yeah. Uh, people's uh, uh, matter. And unfortunately, she did not value those people. And those people, four of them, were, were sacrificed because of political means. We have continued to, to see more in this, more and more of this. And one of the things that the Democrats are so good at doing is keep, keeping people dumbed down, dependent, and, you know, ignorance is bliss, somewhat happy by making sure that they have the check. And then, you know, just like Obama said, to your point about you trying to go to different places and better yourself. Well, if you got there, you didn't build it on your own. If you not. got there, you didn't build it on your own. Not. This is what they think. They think they do everything for everybody. And that's how they, they keep people down. And somehow people built, you know, somebody ran to me today. And the first thing that she says, she says, oh, you should not be running. You're going to do this. You're, you're going to split the boat. And I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? You're literally insane. I'm a Republican. The other two are Democrats. I'm going to focus on doing what's better for New Mexico for me. I don't want to get too political with you, but I mean, for me, that is that mentality, yeah. telling people what they can and can't do. For some reason, we seem that uh, we seem to seem to think that that is okay. And I think that also is for, full of further bolstered by what we saw this week, uh, Jeff, when um, Michelle Lujan Grisham went to the well again and figured out a way to go ahead and tell New Mexicans you know, what they're going to do. They're going to comply. If they don't comply, they're going to lose their job. They've got 10 days, and here it is. That's not happening anywhere else in the entire country. Absolutely. We're probably the most restricted state in the entire union. We are, yeah. We're the most ignorant state, and I'm saying that unapologetically. Uh, A recent metric came out, what is, six months ago? 20% of New Mexicans can't read at the fifth grade level. I mean, think about that. And, you know, there's a dirty little secret. By design. Yes. And there's also... There's also an anthropological uh, component to that, too. And I've talked to you about this off air. Remember when Oñate, uh, de Vargas, our ancestors, the Aragones, the Candelarias, the Sanchezes, we brought Franciscan Catholicism to New Mexico. It's very different than Dominican uh, Catholicism. It's very distinctive from Jesuit Catholicism. What are the Jesuits known for? Austerity and education. Uh, nurturing the mind. What are what is France, uh, Francis of Assisi known for? Uh, remember, he was born into wealth about 1026 uh, A.D. And he ultimately said, my interpretation of Christianity is to live a hyper humility life. So it has been that version of Catholicism, which actually, if you think about it, 
particularly in rural New Mexico, Albuquerque, and North, if you're a multi-generational Hispanic, if you're more educated than your father on the ranchero, it's a threat to his patriarchy, to his machismo ego, and it's a threat to the right. labor force. And no one talks about that. So my thesis is the Franciscan interpretation of Catholicism in New Mexico actually says uh, almost surreptitiously in a most clandestine way that education isn't valued because it's a threat to our labor force, to the machismo of the patriarchy, and it's also honoring Christ. And I'll give you an example. I know it's a bit anecdotal and uh, it's a bit controversial. Think about how many uneducated Hispanics in New Mexico, and I'm I'm a condolatia, so I'm not some academic coming over here from Harvard, you know, putting forth this pontification. I have grown up with people all of my life because we grew up lower middle class, South Broadway. By the way, that shooting that happened two years ago yeah. on Anderson and Broadway, that mm-hmm. was in front of the house I, I was born in. Wow. I was born on Anderson and Broadway. Still affecting things uh, later on. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. But when a, his, a Hispanic, humble, Christian, uh, Catholic family goes to a high-end uh, restaurant, which is probably something they wouldn't do anyway because they wouldn't know what uh, a steak Oscar style is, and I'm not demeaning it. I'm just saying it is what it is. If that steak is brought to them at a temperature they didn't like, most of that family won't do a thing. They'll just accept it. And you know the extrapolation of but, that, but, Eddie, but, but let me say one thing but, about but that. Let me just finish. The okay, act, sure. extrapolation of that is it compromises, it, it embraces a mediocre standard. It doesn't say, hey, my steak isn't good. I'm not being a jerk. I'm not being arrogant, but I demand greatness of a steak because I'm paying high dollar for it. Instead, that hyper humility that St. Francis of Assisi's Catholicism, it allows for mediocrity. It actually engenders mediocrity over time. Let me say something here. I think you'll like this that uh, further bolsters, which is what I was about to say, uh, your argument. Um, We were founded by Catholics. That's the real founded, uh, making the rhyme or reason of this uh, place you now know as New Mexico. 328 years later, uh, we stand here today, uh, the beneficiaries uh, sitting on the shoulders of our fathers who have been here for so long, who've built uh, culture, history, tradition. Yes. Uh, we love that. Uh, we yeah. are proud of that. Yes. Although the results, or excuse me, the uh, Events of the last year to 14, 15 months have uh, proven otherwise. I know you're angry about it. I am uh, uh, as well. But, Jeffrey, they have taken advantage of what we probably put at the very highest, um, of what we think of as the, the very highest qualities of our tradition, and that is pious, being very dedicated, being very driven yes. uh, towards uh, our Catholic faith, uh, being humble. Yes. Most people here, we're not proud people. It's yes. usually a false uh, bravado. Uh, certainly can uh, happen uh, with the best of us, but we're very humble. Uh, obedient. That is a, a hallmark of what we are as people. We want to do the right thing. Yeah. We don't want to question things. We want things to work outside. We don't, you know, Mijo, don't fight. Don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You don't need to do, want to be obedient. You moral want to get compass, along. Moral and, compass. Moral compass. Yeah, doing the right thing. Yes. And but we and we, we don't do the wrong thing, so we think that everybody that everyone is telling us is, yeah. is is they must be telling us the right thing to do. So I just want to say that, that yeah. they have manipulated and leveraged that and used that, but not to make a better society. They've used it to go ahead and put forth 
uh, further communistic edicts upon us here in this in in this state. And they say, you know what? These people are like this. They're really easy. We can go ahead and push them around. They're not going to push back because ultimately they're just good Catholics and good Christian people. Let me be clear on this. I'm very proud to be a Condoladia New Mexican. I went to St. Pius. I went to St. Charles. I graduated from UNM. The Catholic ethic is my moral compass. It also is, expresses itself in another way. Catholicism also brought us that sense of community and that sense of valuing our family. But I'm just saying the other side of that little coin expresses itself through hyperhumility by in some ways not, by in some ways being threatened by too much education. Because when little Jeffrey is too educated, he's not going to stay on South Broadway. He may even leave New Mexico and he might even marry some, you know, Asian woman from uh, Singapore, whatever. So that's the, that's the dirty little secret about education that no one ever talks about. I just think it warrants some scrutiny and some discussion. Not to judge it, but to, but to dissect it and to bring it out into a real conversation. Let's learn a little bit about Jeffrey here. And uh, you can uh, find him on Saturday afternoon, Street Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Uh, he's doing something right now that I'd love for all of you before we get into his little bio and all about Jeff. And by the way, 625 here in the uh, Kiva. Rudy, thanks for the weather and traffic. Dowd will be back next Thursday or Friday. Uh, very excited about uh, his opportunity to maybe get the first reprieve that he has had uh, in some time. And uh, Jeff, you're working hard. You've been pushing out some emails talking about small business. Uh, tell us uh, what you do to help small business and how people can get involved. Sure. And I want to thank, uh, you know, the folks at the Hispano Chamber of Commerce. My career really was was based and premised there. I worked there for 21 years as their marketing membership director. So I learned a lot about small business uh, in New Mexico and not corporate business so much, Eddie, but like you say, your father who carved out a construction company and that kind of thing uh, from, you know, from really from scratch. So I'm really very sensitive to uh, the small business person in right. Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So I had 20 years experience there, uh, worked a, in the banking industry for eight years, sold my soul to Satan like <laughs> Faust for eight years, Stop. made a lot of money. <laughs> and then I recognized the evil that is the banking industry. Yeah. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off. And I started a, a company called Connection, okay. which is really a, a version of a chamber of commerce where I actually put uh, and collide people together and broker business. And, okay. I'm, and I'm still doing that. Yeah. And up until the Chinese virus, uh, March of 2020, I was coordinating two business events per month, one in the morning, one in the evening, and colliding about 90 to 120 mostly small business persons per month and, and saying, hey, Eddie, you need to meet Dowd. You yeah. know, Rudy, you need to meet Mary. Connecting. That type of thing. Connecting. That's yeah, why I called it. Connector. Yeah, yeah. And then guess what happened? Michelle Grisham and Fauci and uh, and Biden, the rest of the idiots. You know what they deemed my business? Non-essential. Yeah, that's uh, nothing's more demeaning than that. Nothing telling us uh, uh, whether or not we are are good to operate or not. Absolutely. What did you hear from people? Well, first of all, my economic uh, stress and sacrifice was such that I had to refund every sponsor that I had already. Uh, because I had scheduled all my events all through uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. I had to refund all of those people, refund all the people that were members of my association. Wow. So the economic devastation. That's not easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's awful. So it was was very distressing. 
but all you know how my, did you survive mentally and socially during that time i mean tell me i mean you're a, my you, faith my faith in god okay. so once again even though i was critical of the catholic church i come back to the catholic church and say the faith in the holy spirit gave me the resolve to move through it plus i'm a resourceful guy so i pivoted my business and i became more of a, a broker consultant and i picked up about five contracts so i represent restaurants uh, people like Pizza Nine, others mm-hmm. like that. Good people. Thank them. you for connecting me to them. Oh, I still got to. Wonderful. I've been so busy. I haven't been able to connect to him. But uh, you're also in great physical shape. Uh, you're retired. Uh, yes. If you don't mind me disclosing that you're you're in your 60s, so which is kind of cool because he sounds like he's in his 40s, folks, and uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, but that's got to have helped you balance well, that's out fu- what's what's That's doing. a function of my relationship to Sigmund Freud compensation. I, uh, when I was in third grade, true story, and I'll be succinct, I was in love with the, the girl next to me, and she was a, a <laughs> redhead from oh. Scotland. Oh, yeah, wow. Elaine. So once again, I'm deviating Elaine. from, I'm, I'm deviating from my, mm-hmm. my ranchero community by, okay. by falling in love with a redhead. Anyway, the teacher at the time called me chubby in front of the class. Oh, no. And it was devastating. Yeah, that must have lasted for decades. Oh, well, it's lasted to this second, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. But I used I used that trauma to impel me to work out and to be fit and watch what I eat and to be very disciplined. And I'm not bragging, but, I mean, I've got the same waistline I had when I was a 17-year-old kid. Today I did a 20-mile bike ride, not just because I'm trying to be good-looking guy, I'm in fit, but it's also a discipline. And that comes to the point that we talked about about 20 minutes ago. 59% of Democrat, uh, Democrats polled, uh, Eddie, recently said they prefer a socialistic model to a capitalistic model. Why? To your point, because success is hard. And people don't talk about that. Because think about that. If you're successful, if you're disciplined, if you're fit, if you own a radio station, if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're a profiteer because you invented something, it requires sacrifice, self-reliance, risk, ridicule, conviction, and endurance. It's a lot easier to sit home, watch porn, and eat Cheetos and get a $200 <laughs> check every two weeks, right? It is. So living that... that wow. That, 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 sounded well, like it, that sounds like a messy, bad experience. So when I understand exactly what you're saying. Well, so, I'm, I'm, you being, know, I'm being somewhat course, satirical yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, I'm, I'm a sarcastic guy, but it's, it's effective. So it is. When when you leave people at the at that threshold of mediocrity, so that they're they're getting the little check, they don't have any real issues, they can make their little their apartment uh, uh payment. By the way, that that's forgiven now too, right? So landlords also who have all of their obligations uh and and mortgages, right? There we we've basically vilified them. And the point is, if you if you live this very almost a almost a sustenance, almost a a sub you know, a substandard way of life that's just before, just below the, 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 or just above the poverty line, it's kind of easy to kind of just live that way. Yeah. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, open up a business, take risks. Make something of yourself, critical. see what you can achieve. Right. Yeah, become something. It's that's, hard. Yeah. Success is that's, hard. I mean, that's look, my point. Well, Success is hard. If you don't mind me bringing myself into this, people are like, you know, why are you doing this? Why do you get into this? When it was like, well, there wasn't anybody else to do it, and I don't want to yeah. see the people of Albuquerque suffer anymore. Yeah. You know, under the leadership that we've had here in our community. Uh, yeah. And I got to tell you, I want something better for for this place. We're not even an average city at this point, no. Jeff. No, we are a failure of a city, and I want to turn this whole entire thing around. And if we can do it, I, and maybe I'm not going to see 
the absolute success of it. But if my kids can, you know, uh, believe it or not, this is a strange thing to say, but I honestly do uh, think about my children and my children's children, my family and my family's family and, you know, the legacy, because how else did I get here? You know, and I think you think about those things when you've had a legacy that you have benefited from, uh, whatever that legacy has, has happens to be. And I wouldn't have benefited from that legacy had I not been educated by um, the likes of which one of your guests is working very hard, uh, Mr. Mieta, who's coming in, I think, on two occasions to educate everybody. And that's the beginning of everything is to tell people where they come from. And I can tell you who you are and where you're going. And I think it's such an important thing. Let's talk about that for a second, because we sort of missed out on our identity. Right. And part of what your your program focuses on, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria, is a lot of philosophy, too. Uh, Jeff uh, shares a lot of himself on there. Uh, He's unapologetic. Uh, He jumps on the air, and he's immediately going to guns with what he thinks, what he believes. Uh, To be around Jeff, uh, you will admire him. Um, You will think that he's a little bit out there. But, you know, if we don't have people who are out there like him and I, I don't think we have a community that starts to really understand uh, who it is. And I think... We are an extension of that. So part of that uh, education that's come in, and I've given you that La Hedencia book, is knowing how rich our history is yeah. and that it was here before the rest of the United States was. When, and, we, when we were and, in third how, grade, all of, us, all of us in third and fourth grade, we read about Columbus. Uh, Pol- sail, right. Well, not only that, but the pilgrims. Mm-hmm. The pilgrims didn't do anything to innovate. They came in. They were a homogeneous, isolated society. Well, guess what? Um, Almost 80 years before Jefferson, Madison, Hamilton invented this thing called our country and the, and the Constitution, Oñate was here bringing through humble New Mexico, Eddie, horses, sheep, cattle, pigs, wheat. Uh, no one talked. The wine industry, which we talked about on my show a couple of weeks ago, the wine industry was invented in New Mexico because it was right. a function of the Catholic Church. Yep. When you celebrated the Eucharist, 1629. You, you needed wine. But irregardless, through New Mexico, we brought billion-dollar industries, the cattle industry, the chicken industry, mm-hmm. the sheep industry. Uh, we, we, uh, I know you get a little, a little irritated when I say this, but the Indians were living in the Stone Age. They didn't even have axles and or wheels. And... If oh, you, why do I get irritated when you say Well, that? I think you got upset one time, but it doesn't matter. The point is, as Hispanics, as Sanchez's, Aragon's, uh, Candelaria's, uh, Martinez's, we should take pride in our state being the very portal that brought these billion-dollar industries into the Western Hemisphere, Eddie. Uh, horses, sheep, cattle, pigs, right. chigs. And, and through New Mexico, we were here before the pilgrims. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oñate was here in fifteen eighty eight. By the way, Coronado was here in fifteen forty. Was he looking for gold? Sure, he was exploring. And the other thing about Oñate, because he gets reviled, he introduced the doctrine, two doctrines: the doctrine of settlement, not explore, not exploration, settling here in the name of Catholicism and Spain, whatever. And two, the doctrine of integration. I know it sounds politically incorrect, but I'm. I live politically incorrect. How, how is uh, integration uh, a politically incorrect thing? I because think- he, he, I'm going to use the word allowed, the, the, the Spaniards to actually have relations with the Pueblo Indians. So that integration was very different. Think about it. The pilgrims didn't allow that. You, you weren't allowed to have any kind of uh, you know, uh, uh, integration with outside your mm-hmm. 
outside your population. So that doctrine of integration is something, again, we don't talk about enough. We had Thanksgiving here in New Mexico before they ever had Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it might be the first time that it's actually crossed my mind, Jeffrey Candelaria. 1 p.m. Saturday afternoon is another nine minutes. If you want to go ahead and text in, we've had several people that say that they're very excited that you're on the radio station. Uh, maybe you're carrying a little bit of your fan base that you had over another radio station, but you and I actually, let's talk about ourselves personally, actually have a, a bit of a relationship before all that, I yeah. helped you get started or maybe, you I don't did. know. You did. did it? Yeah, I think that's so that's pretty cool. I had always done radio on and off yeah. when I worked at the chamber, but it was very ephemeral. You know, I'd only do a, a couple of interviews here and there. But about 12 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, you gave me an opportunity to do a morning show on Saturdays. And I have you to thank for giving me that that uh, that platform. So, yes, I, I owe you a great deal of, uh, of regard. Well, I appreciate that. Jeff. And, and Jeff and I, just like every uh, person I think I've ever been involved with, we've had a few breakups yeah, uh, and uh, that's who I am. <laughs> well, you have a very dominant person. So do I. Is that what and, it is? Yeah. And, you, and that's the reason what, what happens there? I think part of it because you're, you, you personify who you are. Remember Marcus Aurelius uh, about 300 AD. Yes. I'm introducing philosophy again. He said, own your nature and you become truth. And you're one of those people that you're unapologetic about your nature. So am I. And sometimes it, there, there's some clash there. But we've been able to move beyond it and, and build a symbiotic relationship to provoke people to engage in a curious mind, cultivate critical thinking, and embrace enlightenment. Well, you're a great guy, Jeff. I appreciate all that you share. Well, upcoming guests include, who are some of the people that you featured already? I your- have a national UFOologist who was featured on two national UFO shows. And that's interesting because remember how over the last 50 years, uh, the government basically uh, kept secret that this extraterrestrial uh, entity thing existed because they thought that we wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, the American Mm -hmm. psyche. Well, guess what? Uh, About a year ago, the government finally admitted that that, uh, UFOs exist, etc. And you know what uh, the American psyche did? They could care less. They were more concerned about, taking a picture of their cheeseburger for lunch, and did you like it on Facebook? <laughs> Government overestimated that we would be incapable of accepting this thing called extraterrestrial life. Mm-hmm. So I've got a UFOologist That's who's been on national shows. Do you believe in UFOs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen several. Never had an encounter as a yes. lifelong resident. I saw two. Yeah. One uh, is a Boy Scout, uh, 1974. Where? Uh, Camp Shaver. Up, Where's that? Uh, that's uh, somewhere around 80 miles north of Albuquerque. And okay, Camp Shaver. Yeah, right. I don't oh. think it exists anymore. I think MLG took it over, and it's a, <laughs> some kind of a death camp uh, uh, where they where she lobotomizes. Yeah, Camp Shaver, it. YMCA. Uh, they actually turned that into. They brought it brought it here, but it's in uh, Sandoval County. There it is on uh, Hemis Springs. We yeah. love Hemis. Absolutely, Hemis Springs. And another time, it was in the south in the Gila. It was about oh, yeah. 12 years ago, and I saw this object just defying the laws of physics. And it was uh-huh. a it was a blue and red craft of some kind. It was moving at some hyper you know hyper uh, sonic speed, but the way it moved, it defied the laws of physics. So, uh, and obviously the government recently a year ago admitted that there are uh, extraterrestrial craft that defy the laws of physics, mm-hmm. and the government admitted that they exist. 
So well, uh, they have had recently the release. I have a movie for you. I'd like for you to watch this weekend. I'm going to play the trailer uh, for oh. us very quickly, and then we're going to wrap it up, and I'll give you my two cents. His name, Jeffrey Candelaria. You can go ahead and connect to him directly if you have uh, something that might strike you think might strike his fancy, and you want to be an interview. Uh, with Jeffrey, all you have to do is uh, ring him directly at, how can people call you? Well, you can call me at 505, should I give my phone number? Let me give yes. you. Yes, have me, you not ever used that? Sure, 505-604-9081. I do mine, can you, I have 600. Fine, I'll show you <laughs> okay, yours thanks. if you show me mine, okay. Wow. And uh, my, right my email address. Cheetos and porn and then that, my, wow. <laughs> yeah, my email address, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, uh, at. Connection with the K now.com. All right. Uh, we're going to play this. This is something that I want our entire audience to uh, watch this weekend, but particularly Jeffrey. And uh, given his uh, propensity for all things that are interesting, I too am a believer. Uh, you'll see all my, I don't know if you see all my stickers that are there, but this is from a movie called Missing 411 The Hunted. Please watch it. Here's the trailer U.S. National Forests are home to incredible beauty. Serenity and mystery. Mysterious disappearances. Tom, you around? When Mr. Lost simply vanished. Generally speaking, hunters are very experienced and knowledgeable outdoorsmen. And so when one vanishes, you know something unusual has occurred. As a hunter, you're like, I'm fine. I'm armed. I'm safe. There's no reason for why these people go missing. They never found anything. Not the walkie-talkie. Not his gun. Nothing. Obviously, an animal didn't get to us. There'd be a big scatter. Bees to find. The FBI doesn't investigate missing adults. So then why would the FBI arrive on Tom Messick's case? When you see hundreds of victims scattered throughout our national forests and national parks, you have to question the reality of it. So he could have made fire. He had a gun. He could have signaled help. What happened to him? i like to know, but I don't think we ever will. Water is the blue. big, and we started recording them. Frequencies go way above and way below the abilities of humans. I look, I'm thinking, what is this thing in the tree? It went from like tree to tree, and then it just, it disappeared. Is it possible for an 82-year-old man to simply vanish while sitting alone in the woods? Can a man with severe hypothermia hike six miles through snow with no shoes? This is one of those recurring phenomena. It's going to happen again. It's just a matter of time. None of it makes any sense. So the uh, show is called Missing 411 The Hunted, and if you don't think it doesn't have any direct connection to uh, Mr. Connection right here, Jeffrey Candelaria, then uh, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. It's an amazing movie. Please watch it. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, final words from you. Well, once again, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to be on the air. Straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. We, we attempt to pursue truth even when it's uncomfortable. I'm even willing to come out, uh, call out some of my own hypocrisies, some of my own transgressions, because I want real dialogue, real discourse, real exchange, Remember the coveted color of purple was always my favorite color. What, uh, what the uh, the the uh, the uh, the uh, the court wore, the king mm-hmm. and queen, because it was such a difficult dye to compose. And guess what? It's about it's nuance. It's the opposite sides of the color spectrum combined, red and blue, mm-hmm. to make purple. 
And that's what I try to do with straight talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Talk nuance, not just dichotomy. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is one line or the other. Sometimes the best enchilada is red and green chili. <laughs> not for me. There we go. Jeffrey Candelaria, see you tomorrow. Tomorrow at uh, uh, 1 p.m. with Jeffrey Candelaria. Straight talk. I'll see you bright and early all by my lonesome 4 p.m. on Monday as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM, 107.1 Los Alamos, and 1490 KRSN Santa Fe.